What's up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horton. This is this is the NWA, the podcast celebrating the past, present, future, history, legacy, and tradition of the greatest pro wrestling entity of all time, the National Wrestling Alliance. And uh, this is not just a National Wrestling Alliance show. This is our Sunday night wrestling talk, prize fight wrestling talk, where we talk about any and all news that is news in the world of professional wrestling. And as always, I am joined by my friends to the end, my ride or dies. Hey, it's Will, not daily. Hey, it's Will. What's up? And the doctor, the smartest man in the room, mm. almost any room, not this room, but <laughs> most rooms. <laughs> it's Dr. Rob Stinson. What's up, buddy? In very, in very few rooms. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. <laughs> well, when, it's just, oh, when it's just you and your kids. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. Piper was on here earlier. And I, yeah, I was about to say, just, yeah. Uh, we almost just went live with her. So <laughs> we're just like, let's just do it for Piper. That's my legacy, man. Yeah, there you go. I'm dressed in my Rob Stinson attire today, so you know I'm bringing the realness. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Big week. We got plenty of news to talk about. Uh, I've been doing this all day, fellas. I've been sitting here at this computer all day long, and it is driving me nuts. I was recording the last episode of my Cinema Shock podcast for uh, the Batman series we're doing. That started this week. If you guys haven't checked it out, let me put it over for a second because I studied the hell out of Christopher Nolan's Batman, the Dark Knight trilogy. We're covering all three of those movies. If you haven't seen them, you've seen them. There's nobody that hasn't seen them. Just go check them out. I've learned so much about that, the making of those films this week, that it makes me sick. Just disgusting. Um, but anyway, so cinema shock at cinema underscore shock. Go check that out. Listen to that podcast too. Give us a subscribe. We also have a YouTube. Nothing's on it yet, but you can also subscribe there. Uh, all right. Now that I've started out this show by putting over the other show, <laughs> do you guys have anything you want to put over? Will you're doing SEO stuff. You're out there. You're, you're doing your own thing. You're on your grind. I mean, yeah, if we're, if we're putting over our, our other projects, this one actually makes me money. Uh, it's my livelihood. But yeah, if you go to heyitswill.com, check it out. Uh, I'm doing stuff for SEO, content creators. So everyone out there, if you have a podcast, a YouTube channel, uh, anything like that, um, there's a lot of great information and resources, just things I've learned over the years. And I'll be launching an academy starting on December 1st that you can join and be a part of. Uh, and there's going to be a ton of great tutorials, tips, how to take your channel, how to make it more visible, um, how to be successful, whatever whatever business endeavor or uh, content channel that you got running. So check it out. Hey, it's will.com. Hey, can we support you on Patreon or anything? Is there, is there an option? <laughs> I meant to talk to you about that, Rob. Not anymore. I'll, I'll get with you offline about that. It's not going to, it's not going to be on Patreon. It's going to be on a different platform. Uh, one that gives me more, more abilities to uh, do some courses and some interaction and stuff like that. So stay tuned. All right, Rob, okay. since we started since we started off with plugs, if you got something, now's the time. Man, I do, man. We got all our boys in the house, man. We got Woodland Goblin, Dave Scooby in there, always doing the work, man. We got Front Row, my man, RJ, the man I want to put over tonight, though. Uh, we got wrestling with the MMA in there too. The man I want to put over tonight, though, is my man Ryan Romano, who, if you have not seen his two-part reflection, it's not an analysis. It's not a a, a, a play-by-play commentary. Anything like that. This is a heartfelt reflection 
on Mission Pro and what it means to him. And if you want to talk about what it means to appreciate the business and the hard work that people put in, you've got to watch this. I was touched. I was moved. I've really uh, grown to admire Ryan Romano. And I feel him, you know, when it, when, when he talks, I, I feel him. You know, it's like he talks about work and, and getting through work to be able to do this. And I just want to tell you, man, no matter what job you have, whether it's Will being self-employed or Gary doing whatever he does or me being an administrator, I'm going to tell you, man, I don't live to work. I work so that it enables me to live and do what I really want to do, which is enjoy this great sport, the greatest sport in the world. So I'm with you, Ryan. I appreciate what you did and uh, great videos, man. Y'all watch them, follow this guy, subscribe, hit the bell. It's fantastic. It'll make you shout cry. out to Ryan Romano. We love him. Shout out to me for doing whatever it is I do. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about movies. Yeah. Talk about movies, obviously. Uh, we gotta we gotta recognize James Lawrence who's over there hanging out in the chat. You said all these other names. I said you say front row. I hope you did. Jedi Warrior, Jim Ellis over there. The Nation shows in the house. So many people. Darren Lapointe hanging out with us tonight. This is gonna be great. I am excited to talk to you all about everything, including all of the news that is news, which means like uh, uh I don't know. Ultimate Rivals Part 2, Tim Storm versus Nick Aldis came out this week. That's worth seeing. I just uh, wanted to mention that up top. If you guys haven't checked it out, you need to go over there to uh, hit that up on YouTube. Give those guys a like uh, and just show the NWA you're still out there so that maybe, we we all hope maybe, uh, they'll start doing even more and start having some actual matches. And, uh, you know, because right now, it's like Thunder Rosa is the only one out there. Allison Kay, we saw her on full gear, but uh, I don't know that she's technically NWA anymore. So it's it's tough. We've we've seen we've seen some stuff on UWN Primetime Live, including a controversial match we can talk about later if that's what you guys want to do. Uh, but anyway, just make sure you check out their YouTube channel. Don't forget about that kind of content. Also, uh, just up top, you know, Rob kind of mentioned it, but make sure you hit that like button. And subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're grateful to have all of you uh, watching right now. Even those of you who aren't in the chat, just know you are also valued. And your likes, your subscribes, they all mean a lot as we move closer and closer to that 1,000 number so that we can uh, monetize the, the show. That would be great on YouTube just for a few extra bucks. Now, you can, of course... Uh, check us out on the web over at nwafam.com. That's where our online store is. You can also uh, chip in a couple of bucks if you want to buy us a beer, something like that. Then cheers to you. Uh, anyway, sorry. I just wanted to get all of this out of the way as we uh, start off up top uh, with with the wrestling news. Rob, why are, you, why are you laughing? You're so giddy down there. Yeah, man. Ain't nothing, ain't nothing going on. Where's your shirt? <laughs> Do you just wear the hoodie? Why y'all on my personal business, man? I'm over here. I'm over here just trying to live my best life. Shoot, was it always that unzipped, or did you just do that? No, man, I'm feeling good now. Y'all earned a y'all earned a couple extra centimeters, man. All right. Well, we hate to interrupt your dinner, so go ahead and keep going. Well, so a lot of you, as you go, we're, we're constantly evolving the Sunday night show, just trying to figure out what we're going to do here exactly. But I think it's kind of landed on this is just all wrestling news and also just a chance for all of us and the uh, hashtag NWA fam, or if you're brand new, just to hang out and talk about all the latest wrestling news, just anything in wrestling that you want to. If you're in the chat, 
throw it in there. Uh, as Front Row says, uh, Gar- uh, he's still sending monthly money to us. I hope it all goes to Gary's Hammerstone merch collection. Uh, we'll see. Will's right now. Will's got access to that, so if he, <laughs> if he, if he loans me some money to get to you, uh, Hammerstone. Real quick on Hammerstone. I know this is it's all fun and games, and like I obviously I, I legitimately am a huge fan of Hammerstone, but uh, uh, thoughts and prayers to his uh, family. He uh, did announce on Twitter this week that uh, his girlfriend was diagnosed with cancer, and that's uh, that's no good for anybody. And so he 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 gave a little thread there. He wasn't going to talk about it publicly, but uh, he's just been kind of anxious and dealing with that. And so uh, Hammerstone, if you're out there, we do genuinely love you as much as we play around about it, and uh, hope hope you and your your lady are doing well. All right. So let's jump into the news and let's talk about uh, the big stuff. Yes, <laughs> the big stuff. I don't know. Well, you when I was posting up news in our private chat and going, you wanted me to make sure I hit on this. And you're right. I mean, I, 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 it's probably most important. It's the, I'd say arguably one of the biggest things that happened this week. And that is uh, and for a lot of reasons, but it's the WWE announced the uh, release of Zelina Vega. And uh, she was a SmackDown talent. Uh, she uh, apparently she, she's a streamer on Twitch, and she recently opened an OnlyFans account. Uh, it's not like a nudity OnlyFans account, but she has like cosplay pictures and uh, just stuff for her members, just private interaction there. Uh, and let's see. So she basically i think was making enough money over there on those and as we know uh wwe has been heavily cracking down on the third party uh options for the wrestlers uh so zelina vega has apparently been very uh audible backstage about not agreeing with that particular scenario and so for whatever reason they have come to terms on their release i think she had asked and uh so they very quickly uh, let her go. It seems like right before that, I thought was entertaining is that she did uh, post that she supports unionization also. So it's like she got that one last jab in there <laughs> as they were letting her go. And uh, anyway, but uh, so lots of wrestlers uh, tweeting about that and just sad, but uh, interesting. Uh, it's a clear sign. I think that McMahon's ready to pick a fight with anybody that wants to, go toe to toe with them on this third party platform thing. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's tough because Vega wasn't like a super prominent position. Um, So it's not clear, you know, like, or is this going to cause anybody to stand up and say anything or what, what's going to happen here? Uh, But we'll see in time. But uh, Will, I know you, you've looked into this a lot and you've often had stuff to say about it. What, what, What are your thoughts on Selena Vega and her situation? Um, I think it's unfortunate because, uh, as uh, a lot of people are saying in the chat, or as Front Row mentioned in the chat, I mean, she's a she's an incredible talent. Uh, she had been uh, featured a lot in the past couple years, um, and she was stellar in NXT uh, with Andrade, and then since coming up to uh, SmackDown and Raw, she's been uh, a real bright spot on the show. Um, and she's one of these people that um, I think I was reading some quotes from a Meltzer podcast or something like that. And he was saying that, you know, the big rub here is that there's a lot of people on the roster. Some of them are making more money through third party uh, 
situations than they are from WWE. And so when WWE comes out, they're basically telling them, hey, cut off your primary money maker. Um, that's going to be an issue for people like her. And I hate that it had to end this way. I mean, I am excited to see her somewhere else, hopefully, um, and and continuing to rise uh, and, and her visibility as, as a wrestler. But uh, it's just unfortunate again. I mean, as we've talked about that, WWE is now having to let go people like this, not having to let go. I, I mean, I don't know the whole story if she asked for it or if they fired her. I don't know. We don't know. We're just reading stuff on the internet, all of us. Um, but at any rate, I think we can probably all assume that this is due to that, that third party, um, you know, prohibiting them from, from doing third party stuff. And she was making a lot of income from that. And so, you know, you come after people's livelihoods. It doesn't matter how how you know well you're positioned on the on the pecking order when it comes to wrestling promotions. People are going to do what what's best for them and their family. Um, I mean, she's she's married to Alistair Black. I don't know if we mentioned that yet, but so oh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if there's going to be any uh, you know bleed over into his situation. I'm a huge Alistair Black fan. Uh, a little less now that they changed his music, but. Um, you know, he's, he's a great guy that he deserves the, the spot that he has and more. And so don't know if we're going to see him try to get out of, of WWE as well. I don't know, but again, it's just, it's unfortunate. I mean, this whole thing just leaves a bad taste in my mouth for WWE for, you know, trying to micromanage people making money outside the company. It's just, you know, as we've said before, it's not a great look. Yeah. Rob, how, what are your thoughts on this thing? I mean, it just, uh, like, I mean, as far as this thing, I mean, like unionization and so on and so forth. No, I'm just kidding. What, what, what are your, what are you thinking about Zelina Vega? Any, any thoughts here? I mean, I wouldn't presume to know everything that's going on there with that situation. I'm sure there's way more to what we're seeing. It would be unfortunate if uh, this were, uh, you know, reactionary on the part of the WWE that she made a comment about unionization, which is an American right. It's it, whatever, what do you think about it? You know, <clears throat> it is, within the scope of the American political discussion, you know, I mean, it's not an extreme thing. It's not a radical position to say that people should unionize and workers should or anything like that. If it's retaliatory, that's unfortunate. It really, really is. Um, you know, it'd be one thing if, if she were making, you know, six figures off of whatever contact she had and, and uh, under the terms of that, it's like, Hey, you know, you got to tow the party line. I get that. But my guess is that a lot of those talents, unless you're like John Cena or, Charlotte Flair or somebody like that, you're not making that kind of money. And you have to, uh, I mean, I, I know we're going to get into Thunder Rosa later on and, and what she her comments on Busted Open about, you know, her, her future. And she's got all these different pursuits. And in order to pursue those, there are certain avenues that she can't go down because obviously WWE is not going to let her be free like she needs to be. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know what all, what all different factors are in play there. And I wouldn't presume to. Uh, I would just say that if it's if it if her firing or her or her dismissal was retaliatory, it would be a bad look. Yeah, uh, I think I did read somewhere that uh, she like her no compete will come up in February or something like that. I have no doubt we're going to see Zelina Vega. She's she's too good to not show up somewhere else. I think so. I'm not really worried about that for her. it is unfortunate. Like you said, though, that if it's come to this with the WWE, if it's retaliatory, it does feel kind of crappy. And it just, 
lends itself to the uh, rep that the WWE already has. So does it doesn't help them anyway. Um, yeah, so it, it does suck because, I mean, they are obviously, like you said, probably the ones paying the most money. Uh, James Lawrence pointing out in the chat that she could probably make as more make more as an independent wrestler with her Twitch while not being misused by WWE, uh, which uh, could be true. And Ryan Romano thinking wherever she goes could be huge news. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure that she's not going to be without a uh, job from here. I would imagine. All right. Well, uh, moving on there, uh, I, I was trying to catch up on the new stuff here. So some of this early stuff, this is the stuff that came out last week. Chelsea Green made her debut on SmackDown. Uh, stick it with WWE for a second. Uh, but she was facing off uh, Liv Morgan, Tamina and Natalia in a fatal four-way match. She ended up breaking her wrist. Uh, supposedly the story is behind the scenes that she was supposed to win that match, but the injury was just a, uh, too severe and uh she announced later on that she is actually uh undergoing surgery for that uh broken wrist and so that's unfortunate for her so best wishes out to chelsea green i know this was a big moment for her and that really stinks she uh on twitter put out just like the rest of my career i couldn't have an easy debut lol that wouldn't be fit for my wild journey i'm headed into surgery i'm beyond devastated but so excited to be a part of the wwe team and smackdown when i get back so uh matt cardona also chiming in wwe's former zach Ryder, who is uh, her fiance and he said uh well tonight was bittersweet i've seen her get told no by wwe to getting hired to doing nothing in nxt to finally getting an nxt match but breaking her wrist doing it to getting surgery, rehabbing, coming back, still doing nothing, to getting called up, to going back to NXT, to getting called up again, to debuting on Raw, but it was a taped episode and the segment was cut, to doing nothing, to finally debuting on SmackDown tonight, but breaking her wrist and needing surgery again. Jesus! Chelsea Green is a fighter, and she will come back again and be the star that she is destined to be. I love you. Sweet stuff from uh, Matt Cardona. But to his point, last night on SmackDown was Chelsea Green's first match since, I think, May uh, on WWE TV. Uh, she's supposedly been said to be called up for months, but, you know, just a bummer. Just a bummer. But we, we've seen people bounce back. So she seems like a fighter is, is what I would say. Yeah, it's it's super unfortunate. I, I saw that post, too, from uh, Matt Cardona, and I was like, man, phew. Like the the journeys, we we don't really a lot of times pay attention to the full journeys of, of a lot of these um, wrestlers and these athletes. And like, man, that's that's a story. And and I read that and I was like, man, that sucks. But I, I'm glad she's in good spirits. Uh, I'm glad that she's, you know, uh, going to rehab and get back on SmackDown. Hopefully, hopefully they don't, you know. Uh, shift their plans for her around because she's a great talent as well. So uh, love to see her get that spotlight that she's she's earned. Um, so I'm just hoping that doesn't derail their plans. Uh, you know, not not to continually throw shade on the WWE, but they tend to be very short sighted when it comes to people like that. And uh, I just hope this isn't one of those scenarios. I hope she can pick up where she left off when she gets back. <clears throat> All right, Rob. I just never know, so I don't know. I got it's, it's, I, I blame myself that I should throw to you if you you do, or like you should raise your hand. Like, uh, like 
Well, the problem is sometimes you throw to us and sometimes you just sit there. So we don't ever know what you want us to do. So you just you just tell us when to speak, Master. Well, I've had enough of that talk back. So uh, right, anyway. here, we go. here we go now. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be known what could happen to you if you talk. Oh, really, Gary? <laughs> because you're not the only one that can control this. Right. Funny thing here is like <laughs> the only person I can delete on this is me. <laughs> We've switched yeah, sides. We, we like it that way. We like it that way. I'm gonna there we go. Now I'm in my spot. <laughs> this is what the people are here for, is to yeah. see us play around with this streaming software. Uh <laughs> lots of conversation in the chat still about this uh this uh women's or Zelina Vega thing. Yeah, I saw uh, Jordan Grace. We're going to talk about that in just a second. She's got to select a secret partner for the tag team uh, championship tournament, Impact Women's Wrestling, uh, Rock says. But I, I do believe I did read Zelina is out until uh, yeah. February. Like, she doesn't have an option. So, uh, But that was one of the things. Like, they were not using really was her wrestling ability, which she is very good in the ring. And she just – she's very, very tiny. So – you can imagine if they already have that problem, like guys like Rob having a problem with tiny people like he does, then um, you can, uh, you can imagine being a tiny woman. He just has like no respect for you. <laughs> I'm warming up to you, Gary. I'm warming up to you. <laughs> yeah. You can obviously tell that's why I'm bitter, but I'm four nine. So it's just, it's, it's tough having no somebody. Judgment. No judgment. I look to I look up to Rob both figuratively and literally, and it's just <laughs> tough. It's tough to me. Oh my god! Uh, let's get some a couple more things from last week. Uh, speaking of what we were just now, Impact held their turning point event on Impact Plus. It featured three title matches, uh, and the results were as follows: Eddie Edwards defeated Sean Davari. We just saw that guy on EWN Primetime Live. Uh, Taya and Rosemary. Uh, defeated Jordan Grace and Tanil Dashwood. Grace was pinned after Dashwood ignored her attempts to tag out, instead focusing on taking selfies. Worth noting, too, Dashwood's uh, photographer is Caleb Codley, who we know from the NWA. So uh, he's hanging out with Tanil Dashwood lately. Um, Brian Myers defeated Swaggle. Uh, Crazy Steve had to make the save as Myers... Myers continued to beat on Swaggle. Chris Saban and James Storm uh, teamed up and defeated Team XXXL. And uh, Storm and Saban uh, did like stereo super kicks. Looking good there and won the match. Uh, and Rohit Raju defeated Cousin Jake to retain the X Division title. Uh, Eric Young came down with former Triple Crown champion Joe Doring. Both took out the Deaners, I guess the Deaners were down there. I don't know. Uh, Willie Mack defeated Moose by disqualification because Moose uh, just kept beating on Mack and uh, wouldn't stop. The referee called it. And the Good Brothers, Rob's best friends, defeated the North <laughs> to win the Impact Tag Team Championships. So uh, that's nice. And uh, they did the Magic Killer, and there was there it was. So. Uh, that they're uh, they've got another show coming up soon, don't they, Rob? Well, they had one last night. Uh, uh talk. Oh, was it last night? Yeah, yeah. Which was uh, I mean, you, you know, I love seeing 
Luke Gallows and the Machine Gun Kyle, uh, Carl Anderson do their thing, man, and just like have fun and 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 a lot of self-deprecating humor and just kind of relax and peel back some of the the layers and open the veil a little bit. Not not a whole lot. They're in there just enjoying themselves and trying to just satirize. Uh, all the stuff that we're talking about, like with Vince and, and Vega and all that stuff, they're just poking fun at it and, and really saying a lot of things uh, through this particular venue that we all that we all think but won't say, you know. And uh, they, these guys can turn around, just completely lampoon everything, and then the very next night win one of the prestigious, most prestigious tag team titles out there, solidifying themselves as uh, – one of the best tag teams currently going on. I'm not going to say one of the best in history, but right now, today, they're one of the best tag teams in the world, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, they've got a good reputation, and a lot of people are behind them. So, um, yeah, anyway, uh, Nation Show saying there was a lot of phallic references during Talking Shop of Mania. Is that correct, Rob? <laughs> there, yeah, well, I... You know, <laughs> Embarrassing I, I, laugh. <laughs> I have a filter on my uh, TV, so <laughs> most of it was just blacked out. I heard a lot of bleeps <laughs> and a lot of uh, a lot of them out there were just like, "Oh man, I didn't hear anything." <laughs> um, Why do I believe you? Yeah, <laughs> you know, at any time, Petra Piper can walk in, so I do have that little filter. But man, it's—I mean, it's again—it's all—it's it is like. They are obviously not being trying to be taken seriously with this. I mean, they had freaking Chris Jericho open it up, and uh, it, it was amazing. Like, for I'm, I'm watching it, I had no clue. I saw Chris Jericho and, and Nick Aldis tweet about, "Don't buy this; it's the worst thing ever." So I was halfway thinking Nick might show up in it, but uh, you know, Jericho opens up the show. I didn't even realize I was him until like four or five seconds in. So I'm like, oh my gosh, freaking Jericho in there. And they give this funny show, man. And of course, my boy, uh, the nature boy, Paul Lee, was in there and just made the show. It was a lot of fun. There is a lot, a lot of adult humor in this thing. So, you know, uh, this is like going back to what we were talking about back when Carnyland started and that kind of thing. It, this is not for kids, it's not family entertainment, this is adult entertainment. This is not meant to be mainstream wrestling. It's it's sort of curiosity or a passion project for them. So, uh, uh, but it was really cool. And then the biggest thing was like the next day I wake up and I see a tweet that uh, the Good Brothers had won the, the Impact title. So that was pretty cool. Uh, Want to give a shout out to our boy D in the chat from DNC Digital. Uh, what's up, buddy? Uh, if you guys haven't had a chance and you missed Mission Pro Wrestling's uh, Tournament Out of Hell, D joined us last week for a recap of that show, uh, and uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, it was cool to have him on and uh, have him be a part of this thing. So uh, check him out, DNC Digital. Um, the rest of that show oh, ended up – oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Will. I'll mention I saw uh, – I was looking at some news today, and on WrestlingInc.com they had uh, an interview recently – may have been today, I don't know – with uh, Rocky Romero who said – that Raven was supposed to be on on Taka Shop Mania, but literally they just forgot. <laughs> like that, that just got me for some reason. Like, and he explained it. He said that like just with schedules and all that kind of stuff. Like he was supposed to be part. He was on the poster, uh, you know that whole thing. And then like they just never had him film his part for it. <laughs> and so it was just like, yeah, Raven was supposed to be there, but we forgot. <laughs> 
So I thought that was hilarious. I, I mean, wonder if Raven got paid. <laughs> yeah, he showed up here. He showed up here right down the road. I mean, you, you guys will see it here when you come up here in December. But uh, uh, I have actually, you know, we I got to shoot a, a film. And I think they're going to release it on Fight TV. We, I actually have it. I, I produced it myself. It's called uh, Six Ferguson Meets the Nature Boy. And uh, when you're doing something with uh, Luke Gallows, man, He's very, I mean, this guy's a genius, first of all. This guy's so creative, intelligent, very funny, kind of crap, you know, crass also. But a lot of what he does is just shooting by the hip and he thinks things up like on the spot. And it's like, yeah, yeah, let's do this. And then you you pull it together. So it totally doesn't surprise me that, you know, they might have booked, like, say, Scott Steiner or or Raven and then just forgot to fit them in <laughs> the way the nature. I mean, you, you, they, these jokers pulled every, they pulled Chris Van Bleed in this thing, man. I mean, it was like, it was everybody. Brian Pillman Jr. has been in this thing. Mike Bennett's been in this thing. It's crazy the talent that's been involved in talking shop. And it's just it's just it's just a modern day wrestling satire, you know. That's a good point. Uh Dr. Red Tyler, yo, shout out to that guy. I don't trust him. Um the uh let's see here. Uh, any is anybody else following Tessa Blanchard's social media? She's back at the gym working hard, so hopefully she pops up somewhere soon. I'm hoping at the Rumble Epic Surprise, says Rock says 79. Uh, I have not been following Tessa Blanchard's social media, I'm sorry to say. Uh, but uh, yeah, I know I, I hope she gets some things straightened out that she gets to show back up somewhere because she is immensely talented. So, uh, <clears throat> I just feel like WWE is probably her only option like and i mean that in a way that like they're probably the only promotion right now that's not hesitant to work with her because they see star versus like how she is to work with Mm -hmm. um so i mean i i that would probably be the least surprising place that i would see her pop up um would be wwe but we'll see i mean i'm sure she's gonna end up somewhere yeah i mean she almost is like has to but don't you know, I got, we got Front Row saying in the chat that he doubts WWE will touch her. But I, I honestly, I'm with Will a little bit on that. I feel like that that's, you know, I don't know her, so I don't want to speak out of turn here. But just some of the people that we know in the past that she's had issues with are certainly in all the other places, it feels like. And so it just doesn't feel like anybody else is gonna. So I don't know. We'll see if she could prove herself and prove... Uh, things are different than um, I guess we'll find out. Um, the the only other thing from uh, Turning Point I wanted to mention is Rich Swan did defeat Sammy Callahan and retain the uh, Impact World title. Uh, and Deanna Perrazzo, if you didn't mention that, winning back the knockouts title. Why did I miss that? I don't know, but you're right. She won a, a no DQ match against Sue Young and did win the uh, knockouts title. Um, on that on that turning point show, they also unveiled their eight team bracket for the knockout uh, knockouts tag team titles. Uh, the belts are going to be returning for the first time since 2013, and uh, that's announced for uh, or let's see here. I think that was. Gosh, I'm trying to remember when they said that was actually going to start. But anyway, um, I have, uh, as it so happens, Will has taught me a little bit. Boom! There's the tournament right there. Uh, so it's going to be Tanil Dashwood and Alicia in the first bracket there versus Havoc and Nevea. Hopefully I said that right. 
And uh, we're also going to see Killer Kelly and Renee Michelle versus Jordan Grace and TBA. TBA is great, I heard. Uh, don't know about She kills it. Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles, our girl Tasha, versus the Sea Stars. Look at that. Ashley Vox coming back on, on the scene. She's going to be competing. Uh, nobody left for NWA, it sounds like. Uh, Diana Perazzo and Kimberly versus Taya and Rosemary. So there's your uh, first round in the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Tournament. Just wanted to uh, utilize our abilities mainly and get that thrown up there. So feel pretty good about that. Look at that. Boom. Boom. <laughs> I don't know. I had the Zelina tweets, but I got to figure out a way to put them up because all I would do is block out Rob, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Look at here. Let's leave those up. Let's leave those up for a while. Just so people can read them. We just want people to be able to see what Zelina says. <laughs> <Don't>... <laughs> Rob. <laughs> Rob's like, oh, I want to see. I want to see. Oh <laughs> man. All right. So <laughs> thank you. I just want to say thank you to Front Row. This is what your money pays for. Our ability to block out Rob. <laughs> and, uh, we appreciate it. <laughs> so fancy stuff uh so we'll head into more news uh as we go along but what let's also preview what's coming up this week because lord knows there is no lack of wrestling in the business today so uh we'll start with well tomorrow is monday night and you know what that means it's monday night raw and you know who is the worst at telling you what the hell they're going to be doing on the next week's show it's wwe and rob (laughs) Also, Rob. Rob also has <laughs> never has any idea what he's doing on this show. But I'm not Rob. <laughs> well, yeah, that's you why you're not on Raw. Well, that's Robbie why you asked him about. Never going to be on Raw. But he could tell you about who was the champion in 1968 and the whole backstory. That's true. That's why we keep him around. Like that amazing, like Hutton information about the world title yeah. that he released on the TikTok. Yeah, we- we forgot to put that over. Definitely go follow us on TikTok, Rob's. Uh, we've given Rob access believe it or not to that account and he is going to continue to put out some incredible historic clips like that so if you like wrestling history which we all do and i think the whole nwa fam loves historic wrestling uh narratives uh go follow that because because rob's putting out some great stuff over there yeah for as much as i pick on him he's a uh, an integral part of the bearded trio every time i log in to tiktok though i have to like call gary and be like hey man Here's the access code. <laughs> Type in 36 on your phone so I can post. Give me access. That was. My yeah. wife was getting pissed at me the other day. She was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm trying to help Rob do something. He just, <laughs> he needs to TikTok and he can't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, man. Common, next common thing story. Gonna, next, next thing they're going to put me on fries. And then management. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> DNC and it's just going to be filled with Rachel Rose co- related content. That's <laughs> oh, accurate. No. And it, and they all end with Tanya like attacking him. <laughs> That's a good idea. Oh, no. Walking in. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, you know, hey, I'm in. <laughs> oh, I didn't know Re- 
Renee Michelle is Drake Maverick's wife. I did not know that, Joe. Thank you for sharing that. Also, uh, DNC threw up uh, Killer Kelly and Kimberly are competing in the tournament. They'll be at the next Mission Pro show. So yep. that's cool. That is uh, that is cool to know. Also, I guess worth mentioning, Genocide showed up on AEW. Uh, was it Dark last mm-hmm. week, I think? Uh, so they're all growing up. It's just you love to see it. Um, let's see here. So the only thing I could find for WWE Monday Night Raw was that the New Day, Kofi and Xavier, uh, are taking on uh, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. So that is happening. And uh, the uh, WWE Championship match that's going to be taking place, and I guess that they figure that's what's going to sell the show either way. Uh, Randy Orton is defending the championship against drew mcintyre those two will be going head to head for the 152nd time this year (laughs) but the idea the the idea i think is is you know they're going into survivor series and you get all these champion versus champion matches so this potentially going to be the randy orton versus roman reigns at survivor series or if drew can get the win here it's going to be drew versus roman i think uh Probably the bigger match, the what you know, considering no storyline involved aside, the match I think people would rather see is Drew and Roman. I, I would guess. Well, well, Gary, that's a great point. Um, but we, we are not under any impression that the WWE is interested in what the fans would want, and I can almost assure you it's going to be Roman Reigns defeating Randy Orton, who will still be champion, um, because they, I don't, I don't know, they're going to have Drew win it back at some point, and they don't want to make him look weak. The, the WWE rationale is not like normal person logic, and so you kind of have to put yourself in this weird space if you want to try to like predict WWE stuff. For me personally, I just I think it's going to be Randy Orton still going into Survivor Series, and then after that, they'll have Drew get the title back and and all that. So, yeah, uh, for what it's uh, worth. Yeah, apologies, Mongrovian Mike. It, you're right. It was the one. It'll be the 153rd time they'll be facing there each other go. this year. There we go. So, very, uh, very educated fans in the chat, keeping us keeping us honest. Oh, Dr. Red Tyler in the house asking the most prominent question we get every single week. Rob, tell Dr. Red, are we any closer to an NWA power restart up at all? Yes, we are. We are at least one week closer than we were last week. <laughs> there you go. Boom. We are, we are Facts. <laughs> Facts. You know it, Daddy. We we are on our way. We're headed yeah. right down the road. It's coming back. It's coming back. I promise. Bet. Oh, Rob, <laughs> Rob, Rob's, Rob. Been, Rob's hey. been a little too much time on TikTok. He's well, starting to come out with all these sayings. Kids are saying new things like bet and psych. <laughs> I said psych in middle school. That ain't new. <laughs> no, nah, they just came out with that, man. That's why he's a doctor, folks. That's true. (laughs) Thanks, RJ. Oh, man. Uh, Darren, you are not alone. Darren LaPointe in the chat saying, I've been getting everything about WWE third hand for a couple of years now, and I still understand about as much as when I watched it every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yep. Yep. Same, same, bro. Same. (laughs) I haven't, I haven't watched a show. I haven't watched it. I mean, I I watch the pay-per-view sometimes I'll have it on the background when we're doing our show, if we're talking about it, but I haven't watched like raw or SmackDown 
in a couple of years, I, I just I listen to What Culture um, wrestling sh- wrestling podcast every day, and I get their like five minute recap, and that's about. And it doesn't really sound like anything has changed, so nothing's really inspired me to go back and watch. Oh man! Before we head into Tuesday, I do have to tackle this Woodland Goblin question, bringing up the real news. Gary, what's know. your favorite whiskey? Is it Jameson? Oh, granddad. I do love some Jameson from time to time. It's warm like a mother's love going down my gullet. Just just beautiful. It makes me feel all fuzzy. But um, no, uh, lately I drink, uh, well, I'll tell you what. I drink Proper 12, which is Conor McGregor's brand. I do like that a lot. I actually just really like it. And yeah, I bought it because of Conor, but uh, I I just ended up liking it. But uh, Bullet Bourbon. Uh, the rye variation is one of my faves, and I also really like uh, Larceny. If you want to spend less but still get a pretty good taste, Larceny is great. Larceny is not expensive at all. Also, Jim Beam Devil's Cut is honestly pretty oh, good. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say Devil's Cut. I like, I like that, and I like the Evan Williams White Label Hundred Proof. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's some good stuff too. Old Evan Williams. Uh, but we cook with that. We, we, we bought it because we were like cooking with it. You know, we were like marinating our steaks in it. And then, uh, I was like, man, we, that's just how we, we can't just be pouring all this on the steak. So I tried it. It's like that. This is actually pretty smooth. And it's the white label 100 proof. And you know, it's, it's mint. It's like table whiskey, but man, it's smooth as silk, but I like that devil's cut. It's probably my favorite in Jameson too. Well, the white label is a little different. I mean, that's, you know, like when I worked in the restaurant industry, uh, the chefs there would use Evan Williams to cook with a lot of the time, but like the green label stuff. So that's like the cheapest one, I think. But that was like the house, like whiskey mm-hmm. or whatever. And uh, so anyway, uh, RJ, I just had peanut butter whisk- whiskey when I was up in Tennessee, went to Gatlinburg and I bought some from uh, that place. And I can't think of the name of the place now, but uh, anyway. They had some peanut butter whiskey. Uh, old, old Smoky, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. And it had that, it was that distillery, and you could get yeah. like samples and stuff. The peanut butter, yeah. I love peanut butter, and uh the whiskey was good. It's a little sweet, and I'm not I'm not into like sweet drinks too much. I do like an old fashioned or a uh hot toddy, that kind of thing. Uh, but man, you anyway. know, you know, you know what the best the best whiskey-based cocktail is, man, and you guys probably know this. But for our listeners, since we're talking about general culture here too, man, the Sazerac is the great oh. American cocktail, boy. That is the Good old stuff. American cocktail. It was founded in America. It was it was actually created in New Orleans. It's the derivative, like a a French or a Cajun word uh, that sounds like Sazerac, and 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 that's where the word comes from. But that that the restaurant in New Orleans where it was created is still functional. It's on Frenchman Street. Been and, there, bro. Love it's it. It's amazing, man. The Sazerac, that is that is Dr. Stinson's, uh, Dr. Rob's uh, cocktail of choice, and Will's too. <laughs> oh, thank you for speaking for me. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nation Show saying, if Thunder Rosa, Rosa loses on Wednesday, you may see Whiskey Gary. You may. That's true. Yep. It's 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 possible. Uh, I did see you. Will. Who said it? Brendan up top saying, uh, Hammerscotch. Now that. <laughs> Ooh. Now we can... We could have some hammer scotch. That would be fantastic. Uh, uh, wrestling with the MMA. Look at him jumping in here. Evan Williams doesn't lose as much of the flavoring when cooking with it as the other blends do. He's uh, right. He's right. We've cooked with uh, we've cooked with 
with Jim Beam, with uh, Jack Daniels, and those are all fine bourbons. You know, there's nothing wrong with them. But for some reason, Evan Williams is like, it, it's 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 meant to cook with. If you look at like any like five star restaurant when they're cooking with bourbon, it's always Evan Williams. Yeah, I, God bless my Grovey and Mike bringing us back with the uh, mix of whiskey and wrestling. How about some Mod Grovey and Oak Barrel Questionable Cut? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me and Mongrovi and Mike, man. Me and Mongrovi and Mike shared a bottle that one time, man. And I, I only remember I questioned, I questioned the occasion. <laughs> Me and Mongrovi and Mike, boy, we uh we tore it up that night. Remember that, boy? Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's jump into Tuesday. What's going on this week on Tuesday so we don't lose any more people with us just talking about whiskey. On a wrestling I think we've gained podcast. people. Yeah, man. We're you right. might be right. <laughs> hey, we're being authentic. We're having a good time. Uh, bring, you know, if you got a favorite whiskey, let us know. Uh, um, Tuesday features a match between the former NWA Women's Champion and the winner of the very first Bloodsport Women's Tournament uh, when Thunder Rosa takes on Lindsay Snow, the American mm. Kaiju. Uh, this is Lindsay Snow's. AEW debut, I believe, and uh, she defeated Allison K in the Bloodsport tournament. Uh, and uh, let's see here, this is uh, Rosa's first AEW match since September, I think. Um, these two, this is number two in their matchups. And y'all, if you ain't seen Lindsay Snow, you're in for a treat. If you hadn't seen Thunder Rosa, where the hell you been sleeping? And uh, if you hadn't seen these two fight, get ready for your mind to be blown. These two women bring it every single time. If you want to go back and check it out on the Title Match Network, they fought for the first time at Mission Pro Wrestling's Hell Hath No Fury, and it was the best. These two women are badass, and I can't believe this is an AEW dark match that you're going to be able to watch for free on YouTube. You got you to gotta check it out. Yeah, I'm stoked for this. I mean, as you mentioned, uh, I think a lot of us did watch uh, Mission Pro Wrestling when that was the the main event for Hell Hath No Fury. And I mean, Rob, you were there live, but we were we were watching and it was just as good. Um, So I I, I don't usually watch Dark live. I'll go back and watch if 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 I hear, you know, there's something worth going back and watching. Um, But I'll be watching Dark live this week. Um, Just. Just because, man, that is a that's a main event match any night of the week when you put that on. So that I mean, Rob, I'm sure you're over the moon about it. Bro, oh, man. What I got in my hand right now is the uh the current issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. This is the annual women's one hundred. It's a great, I mean, it's a great publication. There's a fantastic article by our, our friend Brian Solomon in there. He always does such good. But I just like this 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 one hundred list pains me now when you know you're in the top 25 that means you're among the elite as much talent as there and i know that the, the crop of women's talent is a lot thinner just numerically than men's are out there but if you're in the top 25 you're elite the problem that i have with this list is that Lindsay snow is not even mentioned in it we're talking about the blood sport champion and i know they're going off of last year's dad and stuff but Lindsay snow's been working it and and uh my gosh man it, this this woman is going to be a um, a household name very very soon, and we all seen it. We all seen her, her, her emergence. I mean, she's been around working it for a long long time. But uh, I said it months and months ago that 
Lindsey Snow and Thunder Rosa was the Super Bowl. Now we get to see Super Bowl two right here, man. I cannot wait. And uh, and uh, gosh, anytime you got two of my three favorite women's wrestlers in the world locking up. Anytime they do that, I, I have no words. So we'll see what happens. Our boy Brendan Tungate in the chat bringing up a, a, an excellent point that I hadn't even put together for some dumb reason. Uh, but we're going to see Lizzie Snow twice on Tuesday because she's also going to be featured on UWN Primetime Live, which we'll, uh, we'll jump into a, in, a, in a few. But um, this dark is stacked, guys. I mean, there is like a 13-match card here. And uh, this is uh, the top of it, I think. But uh, Jack Evans is taking on Christian or Christopher Daniels. Joey Janela versus Marco Stunt. Uh, Frankie Kazarian versus Griff Garrison. TNT versus Jurassic Express. The Acclaimed versus D3. Layla Hirsch versus Tesha Price. Penelope Ford versus Rain Victoria. Eva Lise with Diamante is taking on Alex Gracia, a Mission Pro Wrestling uh, veteran there. Big Swole is taking on Kylan King and Gun Club versus BSHP. Uh, and uh, Ricky Starks is taking on Travis Titan, and Brandon Cutler is taking on Ryzen. That is a lot of matches. This is a they're they're just shooting for the moon here on this AEW Dark, like throwing into some stuff. I have seen uh, criticism with Dark that they wish there was more like carryover between Dynamite and Dark and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, uh, this WW uh, or Front Row Bitches here. Give them credit too. They are Tony Khan and company are busted ass featured a lot of independent talents on AEW Dark, which is really really cool to see. Yeah, you should you shouldn't nitpick about Dark man. Dark, I guess it, it, for for those of us in the NWA fam, this is sort of the functional equivalent of like Circle Squared. You're you're showcasing talent. The the, the point of Dark, and there there have been times when the narratives have intertwined, but this is a time to. It's always filmed the week before. So what we're seeing Tuesday was filmed last week. And uh, and it's usually right. It's usually the undercard to the live um, dynamite show for that week. So it, it's fantastic. And this is a, a, a kind of like what UWN is doing. It's a menagerie. It's it's out there to get people talent out there. And when you got a 14 match card, it is stacked and it's doing its purpose. And you can't for free. Just on through the through the magic of YouTube, you cannot fault Dart for what they're doing. It's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I mean, you know, it's you, you can't view it as like a companion show. And AEW has kind of they've actually announced that I think they signed on, and I don't know if the pandemic put this off, but they are looking at doing another TNT show. So they would have two. Uh, live shows a week, kind of like Raw and SmackDown. Um, and that show would tie in a lot more to the storylines and stuff like that. But from the beginning, Dark was was just a way to uh, use their platform uh, to have something on YouTube to showcase new, uh, undiscovered, you know, talent or people that they, you know, weren't able to use because they have one two-hour live show a week. Um, and so I think it's accomplishing its purpose. And they've even gone so far as to really 
do a great job of including uh, unsigned independent talent and giving them a, a stage and a spotlight. And I mean, yeah, to, to front row's point, I, I commend them for that. I think it's another uh, reason. I mean, we talk about AEW a lot. I feel like we have to defend them a lot, but it, it's it's another thing that sets them apart from WWE in that they're they're going out of their way to spotlight um, these talents and these people. And so, I mean, it's it's commendable. Um, a impact also has a show on Tuesday night. I could not get a fix on that on exactly what the complete lineup there was either. Uh, but we just want to make sure to mention it. Uh, but the other event that we've obviously already hinted at is UWN primetime live. You know where we're going to be. We're going to be watching UWN primetime live for sure. Starting at 9 PM Eastern on fight TV. You guys have to check it out. They're in the, they just wrapped up uh, getting to the finals of their UWN Heavyweight Championship Tournament. We've had a lot of great people on the show, like Danny Limelight, who will be featured this week on uh, a or UWN Primetime Live. Uh, no announcement yet, I don't believe, on who he uh, is taking on yet. Uh, if you missed it last week, Chris Dickinson defeated Fred Rosser. Uh, Real Buddy Brothers... Uh, and Cam defeated four minutes of heat and Will all day. Lacey Ryan defeated Vipers, Aaron Stevens and J.R. Kratos controversially, controversially defeated huh. James Storm and Eli Drake for the NWE. And uh, I'm doing a terrible job of this. NWA Tag Team Championships and Mike Bennett defeated Sean Davari. So we know for sure that. Mike Bennett is taking on Chris Dickinson for the UWN primetime, or well, just UWN World's Heavyweight Championship. I'm, I almost always drop out the world just out of respect for my boy Rob, but uh, the UWN Heavyweight Championship uh, that it's was an officially open, announced. Open weight, it's an open weight championship too, so there you drop go. Drop that heavyweight out. All right, the UWN Championship. The uh, that championship we've uh, found officially, I saw on Twitter, UWN has announced that will that finals match will take place on the 24th. So that's next week, not this coming week, but uh, the following Tuesday, you'll get to see Mike Bennett versus Chris Dickinson in the main event for that championship match. This week on the show, Ray Roses is going to be defending the uh, championship wrestling from Hollywood Heritage Championship. Versus his former static partner, up uh, is Andy Brown, and uh, he's now with SoCal Distancing. Uh, so he's going to be defending that title. Uh, like I said, Danny Limelight's going to be there. And, of course, Ruby Rays, who we've seen, and it was certainly a badass on the uh, California scene in women's wrestling. She will be returning to Primetime Live to take on the reigning Bloodsport champion, Mrs. Lindsay Snow. Or Miss Lindsay, so I don't know. She's married. Um, the American Kaiju. She's going to be she there. Not. She's not married. Rob, Rob's been following. <laughs> Rob's been making sure. Uh, but uh, so that's going to be badass. You get two twice in one night. You get some American Kaiju, Lindsay Snow. So that's uh, if you're not familiar with her, make Tuesday Destination Wrestling Day for you. So you, if for nothing else, you get familiar with the American Kaiju because she's worth your time. And we firmly here on this show believe she is a future superstar in the wrestling industry. Would you agree, Rob? Oh, most definitely. Absolutely. 100%. Million percent. There you go. Uh, I would like to throw in here, as uh, this is as good a point as any, uh, Rob and I had a chance, speaking of UWN Primetime Live, uh, 
Mr. Todd Kennelly has been one of the beautiful voices of Primetime Live, and he's been so good to the show, constantly mentioning stuff, taking terminology from here. We've often, we've never spoken to the guy in our lives, and he's just name-dropping, throwing out phrases, doing things, and just recognizing the show. God bless him. I say God bless him a lot, but I have a lot of people for God to bless, okay? Anyway, <laughs> my thing is, uh, Rob and I, just the other day, had a chance to sit down and talk to Mr. Todd Kennelly and get to the bottom of his uh, mentioning of the show, what goes in, how he got into the place that he's at. Uh, obviously, Todd Kennelly is a former Impact Wrestling uh, commentator. He's uh, been all over the world doing what he's doing, and uh, he's even uh, had some interactions with the WWE, which you'll hear a lot about. This will be, I think... Uh, and Rob, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think the most informative interview about Todd Kennelly and also a very in-depth interview about the position of commentary in general, I think. I think I got to ask him like all of the nerdy, stupid questions that maybe, you know, maybe he's heard them before, but that I've always wanted to ask and uh, just never did. And Todd was super generous with his time and hung out with us for a while. And I plan on dropping that interview uh, uh, tomorrow, if I could make sure it's all wrapped up, we had some audio issues, but I think you guys are going to stick with us on this. Uh, but uh, I think something was going on with this mic or something. But anyway, we're planning on dropping that tomorrow, six oh five. That's the goal. That's what I want to do. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Rob, good. Our, our podcast is we have fun, guys. We're a family. You know, we hanging out, and that's part of it. But uh, we are also an educational uh, platform too, and. And you're going to learn a lot from this interview. I mean, I learned a lot from this interview. And uh, as Gary's talking about the art of play-by-play uh, of -play versus color and all that kind of stuff. There are some audio issues. It's, it's, it is all, uh, you know, listenable and everything. You just have to there, – there are it's, – it's like when he was hitting his computer or something, the mic would, would go out, and that happens a number of times. But bear with this interview because I think everybody's going to be rewarded by it. And this is a guy who – you know, if you if you listen to us on Tuesday night, we've had our criticisms of uh, of UWM primetime. It's a, there's a lot of uh, great stuff. There's a lot of stuff to to question and, and debate. But one thing we've not debated is the value of Todd Kinley and what he brings. This is a guy who is up there. He's quickly joining the ranks of the great commentators up there with Mike Tanay and Gordon Soley and Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross and all that. And uh, he's in that he's in that discussion. And he was so gracious and has been gracious to us. Give this a listen, man, and and uh, uh, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed spending. We spent what an hour and a half with him, two hours, something like that. Yeah, at least it was yeah. it was insane how how generous he was with his time. Just like super chill, that guy, and uh, and yeah, it just. I mean, I think you guys are going to dig it just because of how real he is as a person, and just uh, just talking about where where his roots lie, like how he learned what he does, like all of the stuff you normally expect. But I think like the fun nerdy questions that wrestling fans have about commentary and that sort of thing are in there. And, and that's what I, I, there was almost nothing that I didn't get to talk to him about that I wanted to talk to him about. And this guy has, I mean, he's been in there with the best of the best. I mean, this is a guy who's been on commentary with a Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan match. You know, he's, been friends with Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan, like getting him jobs and getting him the job on impact for instance, and that sort of thing. So it's, uh, it's cool to hear some of the stories Todd has. He's a, uh, he's a very, uh, 
knowledgeable guy about the business and, and what we should expect. And I should say, too, just to Rob's point about the criticism, he's even pointed out that, you know, he hears the criticism that we have, but he he seems to value it. Like he takes it like that they evolved the show. Like they actually, it's crazy, man. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but he legitimately like tells us in the interview that he's got an hour drive after uh UWN primetime live. And uh, what's he doing on that hour drive? It's listening to our after show on the way and uh, taking it in seeing what worked, what didn't work uh, <clears throat> so that we can work on that for the next week. And I thought that was just, yeah. I don't know. Just gives you goosebumps to hear. No, right. I mean, I was like, I was like, man, I was like, I know you're tired after that, uh, you know, and and you probably don't get to hear us because I really didn't. I thought dude, he was just like, you know, hearing like our our micro content or whatever, just chiming in from here here and there, you know. But uh, he was like, no, 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 and, and I I dropped that point. I was like, you know, I know you're tired and you don't probably get to hear our show all the time. And then like about 45 minutes later, he brings it back. He's like, Rob, I want to correct you on something. He's like, I've listened to every show. He's like, when I'm, I am tired, but I got to have something to keep me interested and awake on the way home. What I do on the way home, I put your show on, man. And I've listened to every show. So it was, it was a very humbling and very appreciated. Yeah. So we're, we're obviously grateful for, uh, Todd Kennelly, we also get to get into, I don't remember if it's on the, the recorded version or not, but we got to get into about how Will no-sold his name drop on last week's show. <laughs> Listen, man, that was a lot. I, I actually totally missed it live. And I didn't know until Rob Rob texted me and, and pointed it out to me. And I think you guys all missed it too, right? Or you didn't tell Yeah, like- I, I told him, I was like, I didn't even hear you say, I mean, we... I missed no, it all, I, but I saw the Discord people mention that this is the NWA, but he was like, what? No, but like, he's like, I've tried to like name all of you on the show too. And he's well, like, he I has, got Bob and I got Gary. And he's like, and then he's like, I mentioned Will. And he's like, Will, I don't know. He just didn't seem to care. Well, I heard it, man. I heard it, but it was like, he mentioned Will first and then he dropped like J-Cow and the Alliance blog and all that. And then like our Discord blew up. So I, I just yeah. assumed, I like, just assumed I, I, Will was being cool about it, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I get mentioned on nationally televised wrestling programs all the time. Um, No, I I totally missed it. I think in the moment I was literally like basking in the glory of seeing those belts again. And I was honestly like caught up in in James Storm fever again because just seeing him with that belt, hearing that music. uh, And so I missed it live. Uh, I did go back and watch and it was pretty awesome. And so I did text him and had a conversation with him and, and was like, Hey man, thanks for that. So I, I've talked to him. He knows, he knows I've seen it, but man, he, I, you know, I hate, I couldn't be there for that interview, but I can't wait to listen to it. Cause man, that dude, I mean, we put him over all the time, but he is the consistent bright spot on that show, regardless of our criticisms of the booking and all that kind of stuff. I would not have anyone else be the voice of UWN primetime live other than Todd Kennelly. Amen. All right, let's move into Wednesday. Thunder Rosa again, this lady's everywhere getting her rematch for the NWA women's championship. Uh, She'll be taking on Serena Deeb. And uh, that's, uh, that's the news. That's the news. AEW is going to feature the NWA Women's Championship. Uh, Deem defeated Thunder Rosa, obviously, for the NWA Women's Championship on October 27th. Uh, and uh, at full gear, she 
retained against Allison K. Uh, you know, whether or not they even mean to, I was thinking about this earlier, whether or not they're even trying to do this, I swear to God, it seems like there's actually like a, there's a workable like depth chart to like the competition for the NWA women's championship. Like it feels like there's like contenders that are moving up and down between like an Allison Kate, Serena deep thunder Rosa, Lizzie snow, like all of these people, like that they, they keep interacting and they keep having matches against each other. It just feels like there's, uh, there's actually, you can see people working themselves back into title contention and that sort of thing. Uh, but Rosa obviously inter- inter- interrupted after the uh, AK v- victory over AK that Serena Deeb had, saying she wanted a match. Well, she's getting that this Wednesday night, and uh, that was uh, that'll be like I mean Deeb's third match with the title, I think. Uh, let's see, yeah, because uh, yeah. sorry, I was looking through here. She defeated Layla Hirsch, and then she defeated Allison K, and so now she's. Uh, now she's going to be taking on Thunder Rosa. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Any predictions, Rob, on uh, Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb on that match? And I hate to I hate to root against Serena Deeb. I really do because she's got a great story and, and everything. But, I mean, what kind of question is that, Gary? <laughs> the, <laughs> the Destruction Tour resumes. The second quest uh, for the Burt comes to a culmination on Wednesday night. And my prediction is that Thunder Rosa will walk out Look, I'm not saying bet your house on it, but bet your boat on it. Thunder Rosa walks out with the bird Wednesday night, guaranteed. Will, how are you feeling about it? Well, I'm never, ever betting on anything that Rob tells me to bet on again. Um, and, and, we, and listen, we won't get in. We won't get into why, because it's over. But stop. <laughs> but I I do agree with you, Rob. Uh, obviously, my heart tells me Thunder Rosa walks out. Um, my head has some doubts, but I'm going to go with my heart and uh, say that that Thunder Rosa uh, regains the title and continues the destruction tour. All right, I think I'm with you. I I mean that's. Look, I think we all want it. We don't understand why it's not still the destruction or you know in our minds it always is but uh we'll we'll see i don't know james lawrence in here saying he believes rose is gonna win it back makes deep a two-week champion like all this did to Rhodes. uh yeah i don't know uh brandon tungate uh who gave me props for pronouncing his last name properly earlier thank you i'm glad that that worked out uh says i hope tr wins but i can see deep winning uh, Brit talking mess and TR turning her attention to that. Patazos, poor Brit, LOL. Yeah, if you guys missed that, uh, Brit Baker DMD did uh, throw out a, uh, a, a comment towards Thunder Rosa. I wish I had taken it down and it did not. Uh, but she basically uh, saying that, you know, go back to where you came from or stop wrestling exclusively on the internet basically, or, you know, you don't belong here, yada, yada, yada. Thunder Rosa did reply, as uh, Brendan pointed out there. She said, you know, what's funny is I did more for your whole company in one promo than you've done the entire time you've been there. And if you want to talk <laughs> trash, I got the tacos for you too. <laughs> so. and, and and the two of them have done more for 
a lot of pro wrestling promotion with just those two tweets than a lot of people have done in the past year. So I thought it was, I thought it was a brilliant tweet. I mean, Britt Baker's tweet, she ended it with uh, something to the effect of you don't even have half a face for uh, TV or something like that, which I thought was brilliant. You know? Oh yeah. 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 Uh, and, uh, and so, and then uh, Thunder's reply was just perfect. Yeah. She's right. She's like, I came in, I did more with two appearances than you've done in your whole career at AEW. So uh, I, I love it. I think Britt Baker has become a phenomenal heel. Um, and I can see that turn it into a, a great match or series of matches. I would love for the Burke to be around Thunder Rosa's waist for those matches. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I, uh, I, gosh, I mean, Britt Baker's so, I like her a lot, man. I do. I do. I'm, I'm with you, Will. But I'm like, and, and Serena Deeb, I, I, again, I, I hate to root against her too, just with her story and what she's done and the achievement. But look, I mean, I'm look, I'm looking at Thunder Rosa's social media and I'm, she's like doing this appearance this weekend in the Bronx. You know what I mean? And there are people out there like in the Bronx, like in the street, like Thunder Rosa. You're not going to see that for Britt Baker. You're not going to see that for Serena Deeb. You're not going to see that for anybody. Only Thunder Rosa has that that level of like national, and I would dare say international, like grassroots phenomenal power. And uh, I just can't imagine like Thunder Rosa not walking out Wednesday without that belt. I just can't imagine it. Mm, shouldn't happen. I can tell you that much. I mean, God bless. There, there I go again. Serena Deeb's amazing, is all I'm going to say. She is a God fantastic bless her. God bless her. I don't know why that's my new thing. Like, I just started. Just God bless us, everyone. Maybe it's the Christmas spirit. Just like get. You, you go to church today or something? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm trying not to be set on fire. Uh, the, <laughs> you can go to Rob's church. <laughs> oh, yeah. As, as a Presbyterian. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Me and, me, and, me and Front Row go to church together. Do you? We're in the same denomination. More okay. well. Universal Church, baby. There you go. There yeah. you go. All right. Well, the rest of Dynamite lines up like this. Pac is back. The Bastard yeah. is back. He's taking on the Blade. That should be a lot of fun. He's uh, starting a de- uh, destination feud for uh, Eddie Kingston, it looks like. And, yep. well, that sounds fantastic to me. Yes, and, it does. Uh, TNT champion Darby Allen and Cody take on Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. That sounds fun. AEW Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks versus Top Flight in a non-title match. Not familiar with those guys. Uh, Orange Cassidy versus Kip Sabian. And the Inner Circle, they're going to Las Vegas uh, thanks to MJF. So, you know, talk all the trash you will, but the stuff with MJF... uh, and the inner circle this past week. I actually didn't get a chance to watch all this till earlier today, but AEW is good, man. I, I can't, I can't help yeah. it. I'm sorry if I'm supposed to hate it, but <laughs> the whole show was pretty good. I enjoyed it. And uh, just every little bit of it from, I mean, Taz and uh, team Taz Starks and cage, like they were awesome. And uh, and just the stuff with the inner circle and MJF, the MJF reading the lyrics, saying some poetry that he put together that his homies uh, would would like or whatever. And uh, and, uh, uh what what are their names? Pride, 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 powerful, pride and prejudice. 
<laughs> that's what keeps coming into my brain, and I'm like, that's not what it is. Uh, proud and powerful. Yeah, proud and powerful. And uh, anyway, those guys, and it's Drake lyrics, and they're like, come on, man. Drake lyrics, he's like, I don't even know who Drake is. Relax. Anyway, I started from the bottom, now I'm here. And it's <laughs> just, it, it, I don't know, man. I loved it. MJF is so good. And then, yeah, all the stuff with Eddie Kingston, that match between Ray Phoenix and uh, and his brother, who's name I just forgot for some. What is wrong with me? Is it the beard? <laughs> uh, Pentagon. God help me. Uh, Pentagon and Phoenix took on each other, and they were like ripping each other's masks off and just going at it in that sly way. Eddie slides in at the end of the night and like pushes Phoenix out of the ring, and it's like, "Hey, you're my best friend. You're my best friend." Like it just. I dug it. I dug the whole thing. And you know what? I dug the whole thing without one match from not, not one appearance from Hangman Page, not one match from the Bucks, not one match from Omega, not one match from Moxley, not one match from Cody. I dug like even Darby didn't even have a match. I don't think. And it's like that. That's pretty impressive. That's a, that's a cool roster they've built over there that I loved that whole show without all those guys. Uh, Will, did you get a chance to watch it? I don't know. Am I rambling too much about this? No, I, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I, I'm with you, man. I mean, AEW uh, in terms of just the being uh, as visible as they are, um, they are putting out a great product and their roster is deep. I mean, if you, if you're, if you're on, if you're in the camp of people that say that, AEW, and when they launched, this was the case that AEW, if you watch AEW, you're just going to get the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Cody, that they're going to be all spotlighted all the time. Then you haven't watched it in a while because they have not gone that direction. I mean, Cody took uh, a few weeks off a little while back when he originally lost the TNT title. Omega has been kind of on again, off again. The Bucks have had some injuries. I mean, they've all kind of stayed relevant, but they have really built a stacked roster and they've introduced us to a lot of new people. They've introduced the world to people like Ricky Starks uh, and Eddie Kingston uh, and things like that. So, I mean, they've, they've even made the dark order relevant. I mean, when they first started, I remember rolling my eyes at the dark order and I think they've put a lot of work to get those guys to a place. So if your opinion of the dark order is based on when AEW first introduced them, you need to go revisit even the dark order because they've evolved uh, into something that is very interesting and very um, I think beneficial to the stories that they're telling. So there's a lot, there's a lot there. I mean, there's a lot to talk about and there's a lot to, uh, to be interested in as a wrestling fan. Robert, are you keeping up with AEW? Yeah. I, I actually thought this particular episode of dynamite was one of the more superior episodes here in, in, in a number of weeks. There wasn't a whole lot of like, chicanery you know it's pretty it was it was it was pretty much his prize fighting down the down the aisle i was thinking that james lawrence might have been more or less moderately pleased with this episode and everything that will said i just would would you know accentuate i mean we were talking about a, a promotion that not only through dark is given this avenue for all this talent but it, on its flagship uh show it's it's showcasing Ricky Starks and Eddie Kingston and, and bringing back greats like Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. And uh, you got to love MJF, man, and, and what he's doing. When, it, when, it's not over, when it's not too over the top, it's pretty funny and entertaining. And uh, 
Man, this this was this particular episode of Dynamite was a lot of fun. I, I love the the whole Drake thing, the 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 poem that uh, MJF wrote. I thought because like he was saying that I was like, wait, hold on, hold on now. Piper was just talking about that, <laughs> you know. It was, it was, it was, it was pretty good, man. So I, I I can't I don't have any ill things to say about AEW right now. I think they're doing they're doing a good job for promoting pro, uh, pro wrestling in general and, and even prize fight wrestling. Yeah, I know I disappointed our boy James Lawrence in the chat by that. He's a adamant uh, AEW hater, uh, and I mean that with love, James Lawrence. But uh, uh, God bless him. He's God lightened up, him. though. But he has lightened up, though. He, he's he's much more open minded about it than he than he was like when we first started talking about it. Yeah, yeah, that's he, true. He that's also true. he he also just shares his opinion. He never belittles us for liking it. So I respect that about him. That's that. That's what this is about. That's what makes this community here the best. Because yeah, we're we're cool. He doesn't like them. He gives his points. We give our points, and then everybody's still buddies at the end of the day. Uh, Rob brought up an interesting point that I actually thought a lot about this episode of AEW Dark was Tully being there with Sean Spears, like just seeing him there. There was something about that, like just. He didn't even do a lot or anything. I mean, well, I get I say that, but he he did assist in the uh, win of the match. But Rob, that that was one of the coolest parts for me that that's been disappointing me constantly in WWE. And this is not for me to like pile on here on them, but it's just that they're actually utilizing this talent that we all love and respect from the earlier years of wrestling. Uh, they're bringing them back, and they're still vibrant valid talent you know sure they may be the rugged veterans the the guys that you know they don't have it in the ring anymore but they're not like shriveled up old men who are useless and just comedy acts either they're like still tully blanchard is what that should be tully blanchard is the guy who had the experience did the deal and now he's taking it to the next level and uh trading the next generation of talent he's out there as a legitimate intelligent mind in the corner of sean spears guiding him to become the best version of him he could be and that's All right what better use could you have for your talent than that in an era where if you've only watched wwe it's just like they're all jokes all of the past wrestlers are kind of jokes it feels like and that's what you have to respect one of the big things you must respect about AEW. say what you want about like storylines and this and that but they have they make a conscientious deliberate effort to bridge the to attempt to bridge the past with the present whether it be by drawing in guys like jake the snake roberts or totally blanchard Arnison, or even their like their like main talent the the Cody and and Chris Jericho. Cody's not an old guy, but Chris Jericho. Some uh, Scooby just pointed out Chris Jericho is fifty years old, man. You know he he is a seasoned veteran, and they're using this to bridge the gap, and they're 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 elevating and raising up this young talent like MGF, who is the Chris Jericho of the future. No one can doubt it. Like him or, or hate him, this guy is like crazy talented, and so it only. I mean. Duh, AEW is doing that. They there is a certain mission orientation there to not only draw in like the the the, the current contemporary relevant stars like Thunder Rosa, uh, Statlander, you know Britt Baker, all these all these guys, you know Eddie Kingston, Ricky Starks. They're also deliberately bridging the present with the past by using 
mainstays like Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson, and nobody else does that. I mean, they're and, and let's not New Japan does, you know, to some degree. Uh, but. And let's not forget about Dustin Rhodes, man. Like that Dustin Rhodes is is a literal bridge because when I was like eight and was watching WCW Saturday night, I was watching Dustin Rhodes, and now I still get to see him be uh, relevant and be um, like, I mean, he gave a, an interview, you know, I think it was him and QT Marshall, uh, maybe on full gear. And I was just like, man, he is, I'm not going to say he's in his prime, but he still got it, man. And like, they're not, you know, to, to Gary's point, they're not using him as a comedy act. They're, they're not using him as a, as a draw. You know, he's, he's in storylines. He's a legit wrestler. Um, they're, they're paying homage to his, his history and his experience, but not in a way that makes him seem like a, a novelty, you know, in, in a way that just legitimizes his spot on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I really appreciate. Yep. Our boy uh, Jason Hawkins in the chat uh, backing you up on that, Will, saying he's doing some of the best work in his career right now. I 100% agree. I'm glad you brought him up because he was going to be my next point, actually, was that watching him in the match with QT Marshall uh, when they took on the Butcher and the Blade, that match was a bloody battle. But for some reason, the only thing I thought of, like when Dustin Rose first walked out, he looked so badass and just like, my initial thought was if Billy could get anything out of this, get us a Dustin versus Nick <laughs> all this feud for oh, the 10,000 gold. Like I think that that would be a Ooh. fun feud to have. Like those two going head to head would be just, even the uh, dynamics of their characters would yeah. be just fantastic to see. I think those two could take everybody to school. Uh, if we could see that. Yep. Jason Hawk, Jason Hawkins. I know this guy. He he lives in Georgia. He lives down in Calhoun, and he has uh, this guy like knows wrestling. This is a guy that if if he if he says that uh, Dustin Rhodes is doing some of his best work, you better bank on it because this guy knows wrestling better than anybody I know. Um, yeah, Brendan says I uh, heard AEW called the MCU of wrestling, a giant crossover of all sorts of wrestling from every era. That's a that's a cool uh, comparison, but somehow in here too, we've been talking this whole time, and Brian Rosas challenged us to a uh, three on one handicap match. So I don't know, he's <laughs> trying to take us to the shed. So I don't know what what we did to Brian Rosa, but now he's threatening to kick all of our ass. Now you got a you got a front row to blame for that. There's a, a comment uh, a little ways up the chat, which I did not that that did not come from me. <laughs> Thanks, front row. Thanks for uh, <laughs> thanks for this beating that's coming. <laughs> to us, not to Brian, obviously. <laughs> oh man! All right, let's see what else is going on. Uh, next week's edition of in, in, All right, let's start over. Next week on Wednesday, since we're on Wednesdays, NXT's looking okay too. Uh, the uh, I think they they've got. I mean. Finn Balor's coming back, um, and uh, there's a North American Championship match. I think uh, Johnny Gargano's getting a return match against Leon Ruff. I don't know if you guys saw that, but he uh, he dropped the belt to Leon Ruff, who is it's Leon Ruff. But it was like a one two three kid, uh, one two three kid uh, Scott Hall moment. I think is what they were going for there. Uh, Johnny Gargano wasn't taking the match very seriously in this uh, out of nowhere. This dude uh, 
pulled a win out. So got the North American championship. So very odd indeed. Um, all right. James Lawrence, this guy. If you acknowledge crappy wrestling is good because it gives the NWA props, that's cool. I'll say thanks for helping, but refuse to kiss ass and say something is good when it's not. Gotta love James Lawrence. <laughs> hey, he may he may be a naysayer, but he's our naysayer. <laughs> <laughs> he's our naysayer. <laughs> oh man. Uh, if everyone listen, if everyone agrees on everything, it's boring. So <laughs> Oh man, Rock says pointing out that uh no wait, not well, yeah, for I'll, I will point out Rock says because he agreed with me. One, two, three, kid moment. Thank you. Um and uh Jason saying when AEW launches the new show sometime in 2021, I wish it uh would be a studio show like NWA Power. That studio show oh. setting and vibe is awesome. That would be cool, Jason. And you know, I've even heard talk of like people saying they wish that AEW like COD would just try to buy up NWA and make that the other show. Like make that the third show they have to bring to the table is NWA Power, which you know could be interesting. But anyway. I, I just want, I mean, and that's cool. I mean I just think that the the studio thing is it's it's great, but it is distinctively NWA and UWN. You know, it's distinctively a UW uh, in these days. It's distinctively an NWA thing, and uh, so it's like if AEW were to do that, would be aping something that's really not their niche. You know, it's not their thing. It's not their style. Uh, and I don't have any problem with that at base, but I just don't want it to take away from the magic that the NWA is. And and again, the flagship of the NWA is the studio promotion. UWN is trying to carry that on and they're doing a great job, but we all want power back. And there, and I don't, I don't see, you can't sell me on any substitute, but power, you know what I'm saying? Or any substitute for power. That That's the, that's what I really want. That's what I'm living and breathing for. And er- everything else is like a holdover until I get there. So that makes sense. So Thursday, uh, somebody want to correct me here? I could not find anything for Thursday. Does anything happen? Is that the only free day from wrestling this Thursday? I think so. Do we don't have Thunder? We don't have WCW Thunder? Oh, that's (laughs) – I'm sorry. Oh, (laughs) Thunder. Bringing it back. Wow. (laughs) Oh, I remember those days. Those were the days. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so moving on to Friday, uh, one thing I can bring up for Friday is, well, one thing I can't bring up for Friday is SmackDown because they've officially announced nothing that I can find. So good sounds awesome. I mean, to be fair, I mean, really, we got Finn Balor's coming back for NXT. That's a problem, people. You got to know what the hell your show is. Like, you know, it's just because they go up until the hour before and don't even know. And that's that's just a bummer. I don't know. Anyway, it's a part of wrestling. Like you're going to tune in because you are looking forward to something. And yep, that's, I mean, historically you promote a show by the card and you put it in the paper and you get people to buy tickets. And sadly, that's not how WWE looks at it anymore. Oh, well. All right. Well, uh, thank you, The Nation Show. NXT UK is on Thursdays, just so you know. Uh, I have a news item about the UK here for later. Uh, 
We'll get to it because there's actually just more random scattered news after we uh, roll through the week. One thing that is happening on Friday is New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong happens. Uh, if you guys haven't been checking that out, uh, it, se- it seems like a fun show. Like uh, the, the November 6th episode, uh, you know, I saw people promoting like how strong the wrestling was on it. Fred Rosser beat Jordan Clearwater. Um, Chase Owens beat Danny Limelight. Uh, Owens issued challenges to Shingo Takage and Tetsuya Naito. Uh, the main event uh, saw the debut on NJPW Strong of JR Kratos, uh, you know, who we know now as one half of the NWA Tag Team Champions. So um, he showed up and uh, he teamed with Russ Taylor and won over Jeff Cobb and Rocky Romero, uh, which seemed like a big upset to every there, everybody there. Kratos, they said, worked like a monster. Pin Romero after a sit-out Death Valley bomb and a wheelbarrow German suplex. This led to a Jeff Cobb and Kratos stare down. Uh, and uh, they, they just put over Kratos big on that show. Uh, this week's uh, NJPW Strong was the first night of the uh, New Japan Showdown. Uh, the results are online. I think it's uh, Adrian Quest and Alex Zane defeated ACH and Blake Christian. Filthy Tom Lawler defeated Fred Rosser. Juice Robinson, Brody King, and Carl Fredericks defeated. Uh, defeated the Bullet Club, which is Jay White, Tangaloa, and Chase Owens. And uh, Tabataga defeated PJ Black. November 20th, though, this week on Friday is a big one. You're going to see uh, Kenta taking on David Finley for the U.S. title briefcase. That's what they're using right now to go around while they figure out the uh, get Moxley back into things as the New Japan U.S. champion. Uh, Jeff Cobb versus Kratos is going down. That's going to be a big one uh, this Friday. Taylor versus Romero and Clark Connors versus the DKC. Uh, wait, Clark Connors and the DKC versus Logan and Sterling Regal. I'm not familiar with those guys too much, but uh, that uh, apparently New Japan Strong is uh, looking pretty good these days. So I have to try to check that out a little bit more often. But our boy Kratos is apparently a, a big deal over there right now. Well, he, they, they like big guys. They always have historically uh, New Japan, All Japan, uh, International Wrestling Grand Prix. They've always been drawn to the big guys like like a, uh, a Terry Gordy and, a, and an animal and a uh, Dr. Destiny Williams. And Kratos is very much like that. He, he gives off. I, I said this uh, the other week. He gave he gives me like Jack Stane vibes. I don't know about you. He's got that look. He's got that size. He's got that persona. And uh, I have a I have a. Uh, uh, a feeling that we're going to be seeing a lot of Kratos here, especially in tag team action coming up in, in the next uh, several weeks and months. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you're right. I mean, they, they won the titles. I mean, it's, it's time. I mean, let's at least use them. So uh, I don't know. All right. Um, well, let's, uh, Will will just disappeared from us. He's, he's pooping, mm. <laughs> you know, Anyway, Rob, let's let's jump into this real quick before we go into the the rest of the news uh, for the week. Uh, the uh, how are how is the tag team title change sitting with you? Uh, like you know, almost a week out, you've had time to uh, absorb it and just work with it. How are you feeling about Stevens and Kratos as your new NWA tag team champions? Man, I mean. Uh... 
I don't blame. I mean, you know, I mean, it's I'm not booking anything. You know, I'm just here, just just I'm just a mark. You know, just trying to watch this. I, I had such high hopes for seeing the question mark, and I was disappointed. You know, but I'm not displeased with Kratos at all. You know, I think this guy's a is a he deserves a shot. I think Aaron Stevens has proven that he's a legitimate uh, competitor in whatever dimension, whether it's singles or tag team or whatever. Uh, it wasn't the the tandem that I was hoping to see, but it's what we got. And, uh, you know, they're the, they're the NWA tag team champions. And if, if that means that we've got this tag team defend actively defending the tag team championship against one of the great tandems of uh, Eli Drake and James Storm not defending actively the tag team titles, I'd rather see the tag team titles defended. So, uh, you know, I mean, I'm going to give them a chance. I mean, it's – it's uh, uh, really, I mean, my favorite tag team right now isn't even in the NWA. My favorite tag team active is, uh, is you know, a toss-up between the Briscoes, uh, the Lynch mob, uh, uh, Matt and Joey Lynch, and the Jungle Kings, uh, Lex, uh, Lee, and, and Kevin Kaufman. Uh, so when I get to see them in the picture, then I'm really going to start popping. But right now what I've got is Aaron Stevens and Kratos. They're not a natural tag team. Most, you know, and that's not unusual either. We have a lot of, uh, uh, you know, singles guys that are put together and, and do okay. But I, I guess my sense is that if I get to see the tag team titles defended versus not getting to see them defended, that's what I'm going to go for. So, I, you know, I, I'm going to give them a chance and, and see what they have there. They're the champs. They got the gold, and uh, they're, no one can dispute that. So it is what it is. Hmm. Well, uh, what I was asking Rob, what you're jumping into, um, the uh, the Aaron Stevens and Kratos winning the tag team titles. How, how are you feeling about that? Having a week out, thinking about it. Um, not much different than I was Tuesday night. I mean, I I get Rob's point, um, and, and I, I respect that. Um, as a a huge fan of tag team wrestling. I just, and I've said this before, I just really, really prefer when it's a tag team that holds those belts. Um, you know, I, I, you know, to be honest, I wasn't super stoked about Eli Drake and James storm, you know, other than the fact that they're both accomplished tag team wrestlers. So it did make sense. Um, but these just random pairings, I always have trouble with. I mean, I'm a guy that, I'm a fan of the Steiner brothers, you know what I mean? I'm a fan of obviously the road warriors and, and tag teams like that. I mean, that's who I associate with tag team gold when I think about it. And so, yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, I, I definitely, if I had to choose between not seeing the belts defended and, and seeing, uh, you know, Kratos and Aaron Stevens as champs, obviously I'd choose the latter. Um, Cause I want to see the NWA, you know, tag team championships be relevant and be defended uh, and be prominent. But um, I would just prefer if they could get it on an actual tag team as soon as possible. And maybe they will. I don't know. It, it seems to me that the, the actual tag team is, is sort of a dying breed though. Uh, yeah. But see, that's, but that's the thing is like, that's because of WWE in my opinion, because somewhere along the way, Vince just completely lost faith in tag team wrestling. Yeah. And then, you know, we say this all the time, but they are the, whether you love them or hate them, they're going to be the prominent, you know, 
when it comes to professional wrestling, they're going to be the, the most visible and most prominent um, promotion and show that's out there. So uh, in a lot of ways, whichever way WWE goes with things like that, when it comes to philosophy of wrestling, sadly, a lot of people are going to follow them. That's another reason why I love AEW because I don't see them going that route. I mean, they've got the best tag division, obviously between WWE and AEW. I mean, they've got FTR, uh, the young bucks, you know, all that. So they are restoring, in my opinion, tag team wrestling uh, in, in terms of like mainstream wrestling promotions. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, I, sadly, what you're saying, I think, is a result of somewhere along the lines. Vince McMahon just started treating the tag team titles like a way to get two singles guys over and yeah. then eventually have one of them, you know, go win a, a singles title or something like that. And I just I you're right that it has gone that direction. Um, but I would love to see it restored back to this, this time where tag team wrestling was a prominent part of, of any card, you know, and those tag team belts would be like the second to the main event, you know, and a lot of, you go watch a lot of old, you go watch a lot of old NWA WCW pay-per-views and clash of champions and stuff like that. I mean, you know, it wasn't that uh, it wasn't that um, far out there for a tag team match to be the main event on some of those cards. Oh, and exactly. that was and I wasn't trying to make a value statement about my preferences or anything because I, I, yeah. I like you. I, I like like tag teams for tag teams. It seems like they're a dying breed, but there were times when you know you go back to like Starcade '86. You know, Flair, Flair versus Nikita was the undercard. The main event was a tag team match on the scaffold. You know. The, the mm-hmm. Midnight Express versus the the Road Warriors, and uh, they that and 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 you see more of those too. I mean, Von Erichs versus Freebirds, uh, you know, Doom versus whoever. I mean, it, it's it just seems like now, like looking at like Eli Drake and, and James Storm, you got Eli Drake who is a perennial singles talent, James Storm who has become a great singles talent, but James Storm is an eight time. NWA World Tag Team Champion. He has held the tag belts more times than the Rock and Roll Express has. He is the most decorated tag team champion active right now. And, uh, and But we don't think of him as primarily a tag team wrestler, do we? We think of him mm-hmm. as James Storm, the national former national champion who was in you know Into the Fire in the main event against, uh, against uh, Nick Aldis. Think about Nick Aldis. Look at Nick Aldis, the British Invasion. You know, I mean, we don't think of Nick Aldis as a tag team guy, but he had a great run as a tag team guy. It just seems like now uh, people coming into wrestling with the deliberate intention of, hey, I'm going to be a tag team artist and the tag team championship is going to be what we aspire to. And that's what we're doing. That doesn't seem to be a, much of a thing anymore. And I wish it would be. It just doesn't seem to be a thing. And hopefully it comes back, you know. Right. And again, I think it's partly, like I said, I think it's because of WWE's influence on the industry. But then I think what happens with that is that guys that are coming in and they're aspiring to reach the top of the mountain, they don't want to book themselves into a corner as a tag team. Whereas back in the day, you could do that and you could still reach the highest level. Now, 
guys kind of see the writing on the wall and they're like, okay, I'll use a tag team to make myself relevant. But then my, my ultimate ambition is to go be a single star. Um, and so you don't see guys kind of putting all their eggs in one basket like you did with, with, you know, like the road warriors. I mean, those guys had singles matches, but they were the road warriors. They were right. a tag right. team. Um, I mean, we know what happened with the star. Yes. Yeah. And, and they, they yeah. put up, their thing, but they were always, we always knew it was going to be Ricky and Robert, you know, even the Freebirds, you know, Jimmy Garvin had an illustrious singles career. Uh, You know, Terry Gordy had a great singles career. Uh, Not so much Buddy Roberts, but Michael Hayes did too. I mean, he did stuff on his own, but they were always the Freebirds, you know, and that's how even the Von Erich, Kerry Von Erich wins the NWA title, but we still conceive of them as a unit functioning as a unit. Well, and that's the thing is you see guys coming up, like FTR, right? Formerly the Revival. They were the most traditional tag team that you can think of, made their way to the biggest stage in WWE, and were treated like a joke. Um, They were even champions and treated like a joke. And so that just goes to show you the lack of, not just respect, but the lack of importance that WWE puts on traditional tag teams. And like I said, I mean, sadly, uh, and I'm hoping AEW can change that. I'm hoping AEW through FTR and the Young Bucks and uh, Butcher and Blade and, uh, you know, Ray Phoenix and and Pentagon, these great tag teams that they have have spotlighted can kind of change that trajectory where some of these guys coming up on the independent circuit can see like, hey, I can I can be part of a tag team and still reach the highest level as a tag team um, and possibly be a main event and, and given the, the spotlight I deserve and things like that. And hopefully if we can see that happen, we can see the reemergence of great tag team wrestling. I hope so. Cause I, I remember as a kid, man, growing up in uh, here in the South, uh, I remember watching, you know, I, <laughs> wrestling gets kids emotional, you know what I mean? But I never, as much as I loved Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes growing up, I never, none of that ever like pulled at my heartstrings like uh, like the Rock and Roll Express versus the Midnight Express. I remember on Saturday night, I remember the Midnight Express taking the belts from the Rock and Roll Express. I remember like telling my like crying and my mom, <laughs> you know, this I'm like, how old was I? Was an eight, uh, ten years old kid, man, just crying like, no, 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 tell me this, you know, just brokenhearted. Nothing in the singles, as, as much as I love Flair, him dropping the belt to Dusty at the Bash 86 did not break my heart like the Rock and Roll Express losing the belt to the Midnight Express did. It just, yeah. there's, such a, there's such magic with tag team. There's such a, a, a symphony that, that occurs that you don't get with singles wrestling, and I wish we could find that back. I mean, it's like searching for Bobby Fischer, another chess analogy there, uh, since chess is just like prize fighting. And I did see the things by the way, front row was amazing. It's also, I mean, you know, I get into a lot of philosophy of wrestling too. I mean, you can also look at it with the cultural implications of like tag team wrestling. It it carries a lot of weight and it does pull at your heartstrings a lot more because this is two guys or two girls that are a team. They're working together towards a common goal. And if they can achieve that goal, it feels more meaningful than just one guy going out and winning a match. And so there, there's that element to it as well that I think like it, it just kind of speaks to uh, not to not to over over dramatize this, but it kind of speaks to this like self-centeredness of our culture almost where we would rather see one guy or one girl 
achieve something than to see a team work together to achieve something. Um, and so for what it's worth, that's, that's kind of my insight into it. Well, um, it's interesting to hear you guys talk about tag team wrestling and I, I'm, I'm a big fan of tag teams as well. Uh, can't wait for the Crockett cup to come back. Um, here's some fun for us to jump into just to move this thing along. One of the big news items for this past week was Dave Meltzer and the pro wrestling observer, uh, or the wrestling observer figure four online, Brian Alvarez, they run their thing over there. Some, some guys feel better or worse about Dave Meltzer or whatever, for whatever reason. But one of the things you can't deny is how valuable the, uh, wrestling observer, uh, hall of fame is, uh, within the industry. Um, this is, a so for those that don't know, this is a hall of fame that has decided it's outside of obviously WWE. And it's, uh, also almost like the Academy Awards in a sense that the people that are voted into this have to have 60% of the vote each time they're in there. There are certain stipulations for like how you get in. Like you have to be uh, put in, you could be removed. If like after a certain amount of time, we can talk about that as we go along, but uh, you have to hit 60% of the vote and the people that are involved in the voting process are actual like wrestling historians, former professional wrestlers, people behind the scenes, that sort of thing. So it's people within the industry that, find this person's work valuable. And so each uh, year, uh, I think you get, uh, I, I could be mistaken on this, so forgive me if I'm wrong, but I think it's something like you can pick five from each category um, when you submit your ballot, like five from modern day, five from historical, and like five that are uh, non-wrestlers, I think. It's, it's something like that. Um, anyway, Five total were inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. Um, so five total people in general. Um, the uh, first was in the historical class. Um, that was, uh, let's see here. I had the name. It was uh, Dan Koloff was the uh, gentleman that got inducted from the hall for the Hall of Fame in the historical part. He was a huge star in Europe. Uh, in particular, France and Bulgaria in the 1930s, where he was second only to Jim Londos as a drawing card. Uh, and uh, he was uh, just a big wrestler overseas, I guess, but he got enough recognition. He he made it in on the historical side of things. Um, and here, I'll just do this. I'll show you this. Let's, let's just jump over. You can look at this. And there's a lot to see here. Um, I mean... It, you could go over to the pro wrestling uh, newsletter and see all of this stuff, but uh, Medico Assassino, I, I hope I'm saying that right. I apologize if I'm butchering that, is also in. Kenny Omega is in this year into the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Carlos Lagarde and June Akiyama all made it in to the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame this year. You can see some of the others. Uh, that came close, Rollerball, roller ball, Mark Rocco, Sergeant Slaughter, Don Owen, Los Brazos, Johnny Saint. Yeah, just uh, all in there. Even Edge coming, coming in at 44%. Um, if you read up on this, I mean, Meltzer goes into so much detail on each person. Uh, these people were dropped from next year's ballot. Haystacks Calhoun, Don Fargo, Mast Interns, uh, Valiant Brothers, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Roman Reigns, Kevin Von Erich, Jerry Estrada, Lafiera, you see all of these. Uh, these people have been in it in 50, 
if for 15 years, and I think they got less than 50% this time, Chavo Guerrero Sr. and Kerry Von Erich got dropped from the uh, Hall of Fame ballot. Uh, and if these people don't get at least 50% next year, they'll be dropped. Don Owens, Sergeant Slaughter, Johnny, Wrestling 2, Walker. That's crazy. Yeah, added to next year's ballot, Nikki Bella, Doral Dixon, Bill Dundee, Seth Rollins, Kazuchika Okada, John Moxley, Hollywood Blondes, the original Hollywood Blondes, Octagon, and Triple A's, La Parka, Psycho Clown. Um, so just uh, interesting. And as you can see, there's a lot written here. So it's not just... Uh, <laughs> he goes into detail on every little thing, but uh, it's interesting to see how they come to it. And Meltzer's over, you know, the years since the early eighties, I think developed this listing. And like I said, it's people from the industry voting on it. And they, um, I think they, they are trying to make a, I think the idea is, is they're legit trying to make a hall of fame. Like who has an impact on the business? Who actually matters? Who are the top tier performers of all time? Uh, that sort of thing. And so, um, you know, I've heard conversations like the Observer put out a podcast with uh, Mike Tanay on there with Dave Meltzer and stuff. And they would get into discussions about some of these people, like in a preview episode I heard, um, you know, where they would talk about guys like Kerry Von Erich, who I feel like is a pretty well-known name. Like we all know Kerry Von Erich. And, uh, and both of them were anti-Kerry because they, you know, were talking about that he was huge. He was the brightest star in the sky, but as you know, the brightest star always burns out fastest. They say, you know, like he, that he just, he didn't have the legacy, didn't have the length of time on top, like didn't prove that he was consistently one of the top guys. I think that was their mindset there. Apparently a lot of other people have that same idea. So for now, Kerry Von Eric's actually just exiting the ballot, but Rob, I see you shaking your head. So I'm curious what you're thinking. I will say, uh, that for what it's worth, I mean, these guys like June Akiyama, um, I mean, he's huge in, I mean, in the Japanese wrestling scene. He's been like the uh, number six of the best singles wrestler in the world uh, in the PWI 500 in 2012. Uh, he's uh, He was number 90 in 2003. Uh, he had match of the year in 2001, 2004, 2007. 2011 according to Nikon sports um he's just uh he's been all over the place he had the observer match of the year in 96 04 93 96 97 99 so he's 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 a big deal and then um the the cool part i thought about uh where was it it was Carlos Lagarde i wasn't familiar with him but he is a former nwa welterweight champion and uh, he actually held that belt. He's a Mexican wrestler, uh, big-time luchador. Uh, he held the welterweight championship for like 1,469 days. Um, so he was a big deal. Um, he was all over the place. A national Mexican national middleweight champion twice, Mexican national tag team champion one time, national welterweight champion uh, four times for them, and the NWA World Welterweight Championship three times. Um, so he... Uh, was voted in, and uh, so anyway, Rob, uh, what, what are you thinking right now over there? I see uh, just an analytical mind. Is fire. 
And it's and it's not such an analytical mind either. I mean, I think I first of all, I have all the respect in the world for Meltzer. But don't take this the wrong way. I think, and I, you know, I appreciate trying to find a, a an objective way to to solidify a list. I really do. As an educator, when it comes to like evaluating student performance, you want objectivity as much as possible. But wrestling is not a science. It it is a science, but it's also an art. It's both. And so there there. If, if you're relying on just the formula, then you find yourself in the really curious position. If you're claiming to in, induct people who have really made an impact on the business and, not, and, you're, and you're not including Mr. Wrestling number two, one of the greatest masked wrestlers of all time, you're not including Kerry Von Erich, not only an intercontinental champion, but the NWA world champion. I'm thinking like if I were a college football coach or a, or a manager of a professional baseball team, and I could have one goal, one, uh, you, they, hey, here's your one thing that you get to do. It would be to either win the national championship or the World Series. And Kerry Von Erich did it. He did it. He beat Rick, Rick Flair at his peak. He did what only Nick Aldis can do, and that is beat Rick Flair at his very, very best. And then you're, and then if, if you want to pl- make the argument that we're only putting people who change the business, then you can't tell me Hall and Nash aren't, aren't in there. They yeah. are the reason. They, they changed the business. So you have to put in beyond just objective things about like wins, losses, you know, international defenses, uh, you know, uh, championship victories, that kind of thing. You also have to to add in subjective things like cultural phenomena, like like the emotional impact and and the, the narrative, driving narratives. And Kerry Von Erich, I'm just telling you, if, if you've got a Hall of Fame and Mr. Wrestling number two and Kerry Von Erich and Hall of Nash aren't on it, it's not credible. That's why I was saying last week we have to come up with an international rating system that truly codifies not not who's going to be in some subjective Hall of Fame, but who truly rates people against a, a metric that 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 is meaningful to wrestling enthusiasts who look at it as a science, but also the the marks like us who who like can look at someone that's really, really meaningful, like, you know, like an Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant, you know, he won he won the the WWF championship under questionable circumstances. It's the only time he won a major title, right? Other than that, he was a big guy. He wasn't particularly talented as a wrestler. He was just big. Does he belong in the Hall of Fame? You're damn right he does. He's one of the greats, regardless of the titles or the ability he held. Whatever metric you use, Andre the Giant should be in there. And he would be in there. But if he's in there, Holland Nash should be in there. Kerry Von Erich should be in there. Mr. Wrestling 2 should be in there. It's not just axioms here. So, um, and again, no disrespect to Monster. I'm sure, you know, he would come in there and just thrash everything I just said. I'm just a humble doctor. You know, just, just a humble mark here. Just tell me. Throw that in there. <laughs> Wrestling is not just a science. It is. It's for me who this is what raised me as a as a as a child with no dad. It's more than just science, man. It's about what it means yeah. to people. And Kerry Von Eric meant a lot to a lot of people. The whole state of Texas. Brian Rosa will tell you he grew up watching Kerry Von Eric. You know, he will tell you he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Hey man, I'm actually with you, and and I'm sorry, Will. I didn't mean to step on you there, but yeah, no, I I'm, I'm with you on the science part of it. There's guys. I mean, like, listen, I could argue all day that, you know, who brought me in. I mean, I, God, I, 
shoot me if you want to, but Ultimate Warrior, like, I mean, like the Ultimate Warrior was like a huge deal at the time. Like, I mean, and he didn't have a long run or anything, but I think there's, I don't even think he gets considered. I'm just saying there's a discussion about like what his impact on the business was. I get these guys though. They're trying to go like long haul, like over the span of the sport, that sort of thing. So it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to find out where everybody lands. Will, I'm sorry, you, you go ahead. Uh, we, I'll just, I'll just point out this amazing statistic that Brian Rosa uh, shared that Meltzer actually talks two times more than Gary, which I find uh, unbelievable. Um, impossible, impossible. Yeah. But no, I, I was gonna uh, agree, and um, you know, Rob as as an educator and a, and a very academic guy, uh, I think would still agree with me, and I think this is your point that you you can you can overanalyze something. You can you can make it more science and more math than it needs to be. Um, and and wrestling is an example. Movies are another example. Any form of uh, of of art, you know, there's you're not ever going to land on a foolproof, legitimate way to analyze it because different things speak to different people. And so I'm with you. If Carrie Von Eric is not on that list. I have some some trouble t- calling it completely credible just because of the impact he's had and 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 they go out of their way. I don't I mean Gary you mentioned this several times but to talk about people that have had impact on the business you I mean if Hall and Nash aren't in there again I don't think that's a factor because if, if you ignore the impact that they had on the business in the 90s then you were you were blind. Um but I mean, so there's just a lot of factors in there and I don't know that there's ever going to be a definitive, you know, these are the best wrestlers of all time. Um, it's fun to talk about, but at the end of the day, everyone's going to have their own opinion. And, you know, some people like abstract art, some people like lifelike landscape paintings, you know, some people like horror movies and some people like rom-coms, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's all different kinds of tastes out there. And so, you know, the idea of having like a definitive, this is it, I don't think is ever going to exist in professional wrestling or anything that could be considered uh, an art form. So, you know, I mean, it's cool that they're doing that. I definitely would respect what they're doing better than, you know, some other hall of fames that are probably just more political and just who who's done the most for your promotion. Um, but you know, it, it's a fun conversation to have, but at the end of the day, I, I do agree with Rob. I mean, you, you, you can't, you're there, you're, you're going to overthink it and you're going to miss some people that should really be part of that. Well, I, I think part of it too, is like, I'm sitting here thinking about like some of those names that it's talking about dropping off. And, uh, yeah, like obviously Carrie Von Eric, Carrie Von Eric was a big one for me and, and I knew him first from WWE probably like I probably got the Texas tornado version and it wasn't till later that I even came to appreciate like the impact that he had in Texas wrestling and um and in the NWA and uh the you know when people talk about like who got bigger crowd reactions than the freaking Beatles it's those Von Eric boys it feels like almost every one of them just immediately should earn a spot um but another one I look at is like, I mean, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but this happens to me all the time. I swear, like with my in-laws or whoever I meet, especially like of older 
former fans of wrestling, when they hear that I do anything with wrestling or talk about wrestling, yada, yada, yada. Um, I mean, one of the first names I swear to God that always comes up is Haystacks Calhoun. And like that name just keeps coming up. And I had never even heard of Haystacks Calhoun that sometimes some random person brought him up and I'm like, yeah, okay. And then I go back and I look at stuff of Haystacks Calhoun and yeah, he wasn't like some fantastic wrestler or anything. He was just in a sense, like an Andre the giant for the time. Um, and he just, you know, but, but he's somebody that stood out to people and maybe it was just spectacle or maybe it, whatever it was, I think especially with the Andre the Giant point, but Andre the Giant is in the Observer Hall of Fame, by the way, I did look. Um, the, you know, it's just interesting to me, like, what are the factors here? Because if the whole world remembers Haystacks Calhoun all right. these years he's later. He's, he's an icon. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, doesn't that count for something? Yeah. yeah. That's a, well, you're going to have to. iconic status, then you're in, dude. It's like, it's, what are you talking about? Von Erich's not in. What do you mean? Who's not in? Of course they're in. You're going to have to prove to me that some of the names on that list that I, as a lifelong wrestling fan, have never heard of. And I'm not saying I know all of wrestling and I'm this big, but I, I've been a fan of wrestling my whole life. And there's names on this list that I haven't heard of. And you're going to try to tell me that they're more important to the business than a Von Erich or a... Uh, you know, Hall and Nash, like get out of here with that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that those are the stories that still maintain, like those are the stories that will maintain for years to come are stories like the outsiders traveling over to the WCW. And like, that's a, that's going to be a legendary story that will live longer than us. It, it just will be part of the history of professional wrestling. I it's, I don't know. May, you know, I'll call Dave, get him on the show. We'll talk about yeah, it. And we'll see. see. That's probably the best way to do it. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, what other wrestling news can we talk about? Um, here's a big one. I think possibly the biggest one is breaking a lot of hearts. Uh, WWE star uh, and recent pal of, of The Fiend, for whatever reason, Alexa Bliss announced on Sunday that she is now engaged uh, to boyfriend and singer Ryan Cabrera. Uh, yeah. 29. Um, she shared a picture of the 30 year, 38 year old Cabrero proposing on Saturday night, one year after they first met in Los Angeles at a premiere helped along by their joint friend, my opinion, enemy, the Miz, uh, <laughs> Bliss was formally engaged to fellow WWE wrestler, buddy Murphy before the two split in early 2018. Uh, this will be the first marriage for both of them. Um, Alexa Bliss is off the market, ladies and gentlemen. And so is Ryan Cabrera. Yeah, ladies. Yeah. Or guys who are into Ryan Cabrera. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't really know who Ryan Cabrera is. Oh, so. come on, man. I love Ryan Cabrera. He he was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, not not extremely talented, but uh, had, had a couple of pop hits. If we're going to talk about people that made an impact on the business, Gary, I'm just <laughs> it's, Brian Cabrera just made the biggest impact on the business tonight. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, uh, poor Woodland Goblin, no, Rob. No. I don't want to make you. Oh, I'm sorry, Will. Go ahead. No, I was I was done. Okay, Will I, or Rob? I don't want to have to turn you into Wade Barrett, but uh, 
do you uh <laughs> do you have something for Woodland Goblin here? <laughs> as long as Lindsay well, Snow stays equal. I was gonna say, man, when you're about to break the the engagement, it's like, please don't tell me it was Lindsay Snow, man. <laughs> not that I'm, I mean, not that it affects me or anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> but he'd leave his wife. <laughs> mm. <laughs> sorry. I shouldn't. That wasn't hey, even funny. Like, Rob wasn't even like, I can't even joke about that, dude. Yeah, I would not. Hey, hey, guys. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Brian Rose was talking about a hey, uh, um, Mistro uh, match announcements. We got a whole host of them for uh, um, the upcoming December the 11th show. Um, run it back. And I'm well, looking- I had them, bro. I was. Oh, go, um, go ahead. Then. Go ahead. Then. Well, they're down my list here. Hold on. I was uh, I was getting there, but. That was the uh, main event. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, man, I'm always doing that. What you step it on me? No, no, it's okay. I I don't think I sent them to you ahead of time. But uh, yeah, you got genocide is taking on Amber Rodriguez, making her debut in Mission Pro Wrestling. Genocide uh, is who she's going up against, and I do not envy Amber. That is uh, probably not going to be good for her. Rest in peace, Amber. Yep, and uh, Maddie Renkowski is going to be taking on Jasmine Allure. Uh, yeah, uh, front row, this is what I was hoping Rob would point out. Lindsay Snow isn't single. Well, she's not married, but still. Hey, man. Hey, when it, comes, at- to, when it comes to Robbie Rude, they're all single, baby. <laughs> no, you're the one who told me she dated, like, uh, what's his face? Shane Helms. Yeah. Not Shane Helms. <laughs> The other three count yeah, yeah. <laughs> that isn't Evan courageous. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't remember. Shannon Moore. <laughs> God, why? <laughs> we love you, Lindsay. Uh, all right. So look at Ryan Romano coming through in the clutch. He's just like throwing on my head in the chat. So you got Thunder Rosa versus Baby D, and this is uh, her retirement match. Uh, Baby mm-hmm. D is exiting in-ring action after this, but before she goes, she wants to see if she can one-up Thunder Rosa. That's going to be interesting. Baby D. Baby D was doing ring announcing at um, at Hell Hath No Fury. Yep. She has had an extensive career in Texas. I've, I've not seen a lot of her stuff, but I've read up a lot on it. And, uh, and, and Thunder Rosa is doing the honors there to send baby D out on her retirement. This is not a retirement match, like a loser leaves, like baby D's retiring. And she wants to go out uh, going against the the best wrestler in the world. And she's doing it with Thunder Rosa. So uh, um, that's going to be pretty awesome. That's true. That's one of the huge matches. Another one of the the big, big matches of that night is going to be obviously La Rosa Negra is taking on Lacey Ryan to become the first ever Mission Pro Wrestling Champion. That's going to be a huge one. I can't wait to see. I honest to God, I can't wait to see these two women just yeah. go head to head because they are going to kill it in that ring. You know they are. They are two of the top wrestlers in the business, much less women wrestlers in the business. These are two of the top. Uh, La Rosa Negra and Lacey Ryan. Uh, let's uh, let's go. Uh, let's for fun just curious will how you feeling about that match who's who's going to come out on top of that who's your first mission oh, pro man. champ my gut says la rosa negra um you're right. that's, but honestly i'm not shocked either way 
Um, so we'll, we'll just have to see. I'm feeling that too, man. I think Rob, you were nodding along. I think we're all feeling La Rosa Negra. Like La Rosa Negra has to come out on top here. She's, it's like, she's just due. It's time. Like she's just ready to be a champion and she's got the attitude. She's got the swag. Like she's just the, the swagger, I should say. Like she just looks like she's ready to be a champion. So yeah, both women are deserving, but I'm going to tell you right now, man, you got to see, you seen La Rosa Negra on uh title, the title match network, right? Yeah. Title match network. You got to see her in person, man. You got to see her in person. She is the real deal. And uh, I'm going to tell you, man, La Rosa Negra might mess around and give Thunder Rosa a run for her money. Whoa. Ooh. That could be good one day. That could be good. Uh, Brian Rosa, I got to ask you in the chat because one announcement I haven't seen yet is uh, Holiday straight up called out genocide on commentary. Uh, if you if you didn't, you know, Rob, I don't know if you caught, caught that, but uh, she stood up. She was like, I want a piece of that. Like, she was like, I want genocide in the ring. Holiday did it, but uh, genocide still still not taking on Holiday. So that's interesting. Uh, uh, so we'll see what happens. You got Kimberly versus Killer Kelly. Like we mentioned before, both of them are going to be uh, appearing in the Impact Wrestling Tag Team Tournament. Uh, they're going to be taking the, on each other one-on-one uh, at Mission Pro Wrestling's Run It Back on December the 11th. Uh, Elena Black is back. Uh, and she's, guess what? It's a rematch. She's right. taking on Rachel Rose, who she defeated at Hell Hath No Fury. This is going to be interesting. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens here. Does your queen, Rob, does your queen have what it takes to beat Elena Black? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. She's, she's got, and like you, like you said so uh, brilliantly, I can't remember which show here in the last week or so, uh, Elena Black's either going to bend the knee or uh, Rachel Rose is going to break the knee. One of the two is going to happen. Hmm. Rachel Rose is going to win this match. It's going to happen. The queen will emerge victorious. Guaranteed. Mm. Love it. Love it. Love it. Mm -hmm. We got Killa Kate versus Miranda Gordy. And uh, we got, oh, God, help us. Red Velvet's going to be in action. God bless her. She's lovely. And uh, and then our girl, Maddie Rinkowski, is going one-on-one with Jasmine Allure, who cost her her shot in the Tournament Out of Hell. Uh, Maddie could be Maddie Two Belts. The crowd wanted it, but it didn't happen. Jasmine Allure just uh, stepping in where she didn't belong and uh, ruined the chances for Maddie. Now she's going for that PPW Championship uh, that Maddie holds, the Pure Pinche Wrestling uh, what's gonna happen? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what's gonna happen. Uh, reality check, Jasmine. Right, you just stepped in the wrong ring. That's what happened. Anyway, you're right. You're right. I mean, you're looking at uh, when you're looking at uh, Mission Pro showcasing all these women, you got three of the greatest emerging talents, and they're not even emerging, they're already established talents, but they're 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 going to assert themselves on a grander and grander platform. But you're looking at Burt Dixon, you're looking at Rachel Rose, and you're looking at Matty Rinkowski. They can't be stopped right now. Uh, you know, and and uh, anytime you got one of those three in the match, unless Thunder Rosa or somebody like that's in there, my money's on one of those three. 
there you go. Uh, I'm excited. If you guys aren't already on board with Mission Pro Wrestling, I mean, I don't know how much more we could tell you that you need to be. You gotta, you gotta watch Mission Pro. It is one of the hottest up and coming uh, promotions in the business today. Mission Pro Wrestling. They are featured on the Title Match Network. You can watch that right on your interwebs. And uh, the next show is on December the 11th. It's called Run It Back. If you missed Hell Hath No Fury or the Tournament Out of Hell, both of those events are available on the Title Match Network. You can check those out. It is going to be amazing, I assure you. They're going to crowd their very first champion, December the 11th. So if you want to be on board, you want to say you saw it when it happened, you got to tune in on December the 11th. It's going to be awesome. Um. Anything else you wanted to add, fellas, about Mission Pro right this second? It's no. the best thing going, man. I mean, for all our criticism about this and that, man, you got really – you got no criticisms about Mission Pro. They are doing everything right. Everything right. Agreed. Uh, speaking of women's wrestling, by the way, uh, during an intermission uh, on Sunday morning uh, at uh, Sendai – the Sendai Cinderella show stardom announced that they're coming back with a 10th anniversary show. You know, they were just bought up by new Japan, but I thought it's worth mentioning. If you guys are into that on March 3rd at, uh, Budokan hall, uh, they'll be, uh, they'll be having a 10th anniversary show. So it's nice to see they're going to be coming back. So, uh, that'll be interesting. Um, the, uh, Throw it back to the old observer. I did have some news items from Dave Meltzer here that he threw up in the observer. I, you saw me scrolling through it with the Hall of Fame there. But uh, he does say here there's talent WWE that have been told in recent contract negotiations that the old way of touring is not coming back, even if and when the country bounces back from COVID. One more step in the company pretty much admitting that it is the mindset that this is the mindset came this past week with about a dozen employees who work live events. Uh, the most well-known name being ring announcer, Tony Schimmel were released. Uh, the reality is the company is setting record profits without doing house shows. And the house show division has started over the past year plus to often be a money loser. Um, it says uh, Meltzer goes on to say the economics of the business are completely different than they ever have been. If anything, the key value of house shows now isn't in money bank making, but in giving wrestlers more experience. It was also thought to be good for making a stronger base of fans and selling merchandise. What they found out is that with no house shows, all of a sudden WWE shop merch numbers skyrocketed and the total merch sales ended up being almost identical to when there were house shows, uh, which shocked everyone. In theory, lack of house shows will slow the progress of the younger talent, particularly the athlete types WWE has side who don't have years learning in the ring or on independent shows, but that's more of an NXT issue. Uh, they need to get the newer talent more ring time before fans at the WWE level, with very few exceptions, mostly some of the women. All of the wrestlers are good workers and are doing just fine in the ring, wrestling fewer matches. Uh, the pandemic has turned into a learning experience because of less travel, less matches, less exhaustion, wear and tear. It's led to fewer injuries and will likely, likely lengthen careers at the top level. Uh, so they ended up, they released, uh, like you said, Schimmel. They also, uh, big surprise release, uh, Derek Castleman, who had headed the arena merchandise division, uh, 
So it's uh, basically all of that to say it sounds like they are um, moving away from house shows, no matter what happens after the pandemic. Any thoughts on that, Will? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm torn about it because, I mean, obviously from from a business side, I mean, they learned a lot and I, I can't fault them for that. But, um, you know, to me, uh, house shows and, and things like that are, are part of the business. I mean, getting uh, putting on live shows for fans. And, and I, I, I see the point that, you know, for these guys at that level, it can be a little grueling. So I think that, you know, it may be better for performers even to not have to do nightly house shows and, and to travel that much. But, um, you know, it, it's uh, like I said, I'm torn. I mean, house shows, that, that was my first experience with wrestling as a kid. And uh, I'd love to be able to to take my kids to, to stuff like that. But, um, you know, we'll see. Rob, uh, just to throw it in there, James Lawrence mentioned a great point in the chat that if anything, the WWE announcement on house shows will help out the indies. Uh, how, how do you feel about that? What are you thinking? Yeah, he, he, that's exactly what I was saying. It's like, you know, live wrestling isn't going away. Even WWE live wrestling isn't going away. We're talking about house shows that don't, for a company like WWE, house shows very rarely have a have a narrative implication you know they're the, the storylines are going to be pushed along by your smackdowns and your raws and your pay-per-views and 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 i, I i'm really expecting yeah it's like when the pandemic happened a lot of things changed the whole world changed i mean the, the nature of like education changed the, the way that i do my job changed and it's not not necessarily for the worse you're forced to to be more industrious more frugal more uh cognizant of resources and all that uh, it doesn't mean that that like like will's talking about his first experience it doesn't mean that i'm never going to be able to take my kids to to shows anymore they're indie shows indie shows are still going to always be there if i want to go see a big show like mission pro yeah i'm going to have to fly out the view to texas and and that's fine i'm cool with doing that not everybody can but you know uh it's it's worth it if you can do it uh but it's just it, it's not a thing that really i it's a matter of having an opinion on it. These are market forces that dictate this. Obviously businesses are in the business to, to, to further the business. They're, they're in the business to make money and to, uh, and, and you make money by providing a good product. And if providing a good product means that you're going to, you know, streamline things and trim the fat here and there, then it, it is what it is. Uh, but I think that uh, to James Lawrence's point, I think there is an opportunity here for the Indies. Uh, there's an opportunity here for, uh, uh, you know, for local promotions to really capitalize. And it's not it's not like local promotions are they're not backyard wrestling. I mean, I'm going to a show next Saturday up in Grimsley, Tennessee, which is incidentally where we'd be going in Dece on December 10th. But who's going to be at the show on this, uh, this this Saturday in Grimsley, Tennessee? Not only my man, Alex Taylor, one of the best wrestlers in, in, in Tennessee, but also Crimson. And Tom Latimer, they're going to be there. It's an independent show, you know, and, and they're still going to be running that circuit as long as they're not WWE signed talent. So this doesn't spell the death uh, for wrestling. It's it, it means that WWE is trying to refine its uh, business model a little bit more. And this provides more opportunity for the Indies. So just like James Warren said, so, um, you know, it'll be it'll be it'll, everything will be OK. The world will continue. 
Yeah, I never doubted the world would continue, but it is interesting. James Lawrence opened my eyes there with that comment because I, 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 I just, I guess I never thought of it. We're obviously interested in independent shows anyway, but yeah, this could be like a, a huge uh, boom for like independent shows. Like that, there are places that WWE and even AEW just won't hit. They're not going to go to you know and that's that's just the facts and so you've got a, a excellent opportunity to build like a local um level infrastructure of professional wrestling like a nice just firm scene there and that that'll be cool like i yeah. and and it'll be up to the bigger promotions to provide enough value for you to make the trip to go see them in whatever major city that they're going to decide to show up in and it's like a, there's an opportunity here for the reassertion of territories. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, yeah. if, if, if WWE is withdrawing from that scene, then why wouldn't the Indies move back into that and reassert territories? So not, not that, you know, everybody else besides WWE does that anyway, but now you have a chance to do it uh, on, a, on, a, on a larger scale uh, because you're not having to compete with houses that WWE is putting on. Because WWE, I mean, I've been to WWE house shows before that haven't sold out that have been you know half empty you know they never show up you know what i'm saying it's like it's, it's like but they, they can afford they can afford to book an arena and not sell it out whereas you know that that right there would drop the drive the indies out of competition altogether and you know you're forced to 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 setting up a little warehouse and doing your weekly show there but now the indies can book you know these smaller arenas and and, and tour again too so um, I, I think it's, it's it, it doesn't necessarily um, send a foreboding message. It might portend to 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 bright things ahead for for wrestling as a whole. Yeah, I think I, I mean you know for us, just even the word of mouth, like shows like ours talking about things like Mission Pro Wrestling and those things that we think people should travel to. Front row in there talking about Queens of Combat and PWX up in Charlotte. Like, I mean, he, he talks about those regularly. Word of mouth is going to matter a lot for those people. And I think uh, that that's cool. I think this is, it's a brave new world we're entering. Uh, that's a reference to a book. By oh, I don't, I don't read books. Yeah. All right. Was it a movie? Uh, I don't know. Honestly, I don't have any idea if it was a movie. Um, and uh, yeah, Rosville says local pro promotion is Defy. They do great with their production. Uh, uh, Robert Stinson. Then, oh, Robert Rob Stinson, Stinson had to jump in there. Oh, we're, <laughs> oh, we're both doing it. We're both trying to do it. <laughs> no, what's fun, hey, what's especially funny, Will, is Robert. Um, Rob stopped everything in that Todd Kennelly interview and said, I saw you did stuff with Defy or something like that. He was like, is it an acronym? And Kennelly's like, nah, I don't know. <laughs> I was reading somewhere that it was an acronym and, I, and I've been searching for like, what does it mean? I mean, what what is that? I'm like, so I just got to know if it's not, it's cool, you know? Uh, that's funny. Uh, Rosville just says the defiance. That's what okay. it is. Um, so it's an abbreviation and not an acronym. Hey, okay. let's let's hear this. What do you guys think about? Uh, do you believe this? The Survivor Series on November twenty second is being pushed as the farewell appearance of the Undertaker. Undertaker's not going to wrestle. Uh, so this is from Meltzer. He says, "So I guess we've all agreed at this point that AJ Styles." 
that match will be his final farewell for real. Since historically, he said he's done many times, and then Vince McMahon calls him prior to WrestleMania. He said he had badly wanted a great match to leave on. It would be virtually impossible for him to top the Styles match presentation, both because of the production involved, the talent of Styles, and the graveyard setting. He did get to go out in the most talked about and popular match on the most unique WrestleMania show. But the way WWE is promoting this appearance, appearance, it seems everyone is on the same page that he's done and won't play the character again after the show. IWA in Puerto Rico announced Savio Vega is coming to the show, so it appears WWE is bringing in many of Undertaker's personal best friends. Many of Undertaker's other good friends will also be invited and conferred. Names include uh, Mayor Glenn Kane Jacobs and Charles Godfather Wright. Uh, so... Is this it for The Undertaker on... Will this be the last time we see The Undertaker as a character on Sunday? Next Sunday. No, it won't be. I mean, it may be for a while, but, you know, you got to think 15 years down the road, they're going to want to do something and bring back The Undertaker. The Undertaker is... As long as The Undertaker... It's like Ric Flair said, you know, leading up to the Shawn Michaels match. I will never retire, and he will never retire. You know, the Undertaker, until he dies, the Undertaker belongs to the world, and he'll always be there. Not always in every capacity, and you know, but he will always come back. And, and until he belongs to the ages, he'll he'll belong to us. So, yeah, I just feel like will that for the Undertaker to go out like I don't know, it's. It, I thought this way with jazz. Like I felt bad for jazz that like she announced her retirement this year, uh, given the circumstances with COVID she wanted to have kind of like, it seemed seemed as though she wanted to do like a tour, like a, a last year of wrestling as a go away tour. Uh, but I mean, the undertaker, you know, no slide on jazz. This is like, even on a much, much grander scale. This is the undertaker we're talking about. Does he go out like this is it in the year where there's no fans, no crowd, no people to witness it. Like I, I feel like he's going to not completely disappear until he's in front of the live audience one more time. Yeah, I think this is, I think this is more of a uh, kind of appeasing thing so that they can theoretically have him retire. I mean, I think everybody has to make that decision at some point, but just that Ric Flair example is a perfect example. I mean, Ric Flair still still appears on WWE television. He's still under contract with WWE. Um, so somebody that reaches that kind of status, I just don't see the possibility of that character. Now, he may never wrestle another match. Um, and so if you want to consider retirement, you'll never see Undertaker in the ring again going one-on-one -on -one with somebody in a match. I'll give you that, but I don't think that th we've seen the last of the character of The Undertaker. And I think, you know, Rob hit the nail on the head. I mean, there's going to come a time, it, and it may be five years down the road. It may not be soon, but they're going to want to put him back on TV and have him, you know, kind of bring some, some renewed interest to something. And he should be able to do that. I, I just don't see him riding off into the sunset for good. Um, but I, I'm, I, I mean, that Boneyard match is a great last match. If that is his last match, I thought it was, 
the best of this era in terms of cinematic matches for sure. Um, I thought it painted him in a good light and AJ Styles is a great opponent to have as your last opponent. And I thought it was a cool match. And um, so, you know, we'll see, but I, I tend to lean towards what Rob was saying. Right. He, he, he's iconic. I mean, he, he doesn't, when you become that, it's, and he didn't ask for that, but when you become that, you don't have the option to disappear from public view. It's like retired presidents. And, you know, we, I live in Georgia. Jimmy Carter is our, is our president, you know, and he, he's not been in public policy and say what you want about the man as a, as a, as an, as a president while in office, but the guy has never left the public scene. He can't, he can't, he doesn't have that option. The undertaker doesn't have the option to disappear. Now, if, if we mean like regular active appearance in, in, you know, week to week activity in the ring. Sure. And lots of people do that, but the undertaker's always going to be relevant. He'll always return. He has to, I mean, he doesn't have the option not to. All right. Um, the next part uh, that I want to get to, I mean, this will be quick. Uh, I know that we usually focus on the USA stuff, but if we're going to be a broad spanning uh, pro wrestling podcast here, uh, just as an FYI, Mexico's having a fit with COVID issues right now. CMLL is doing closed door matches at Arena Mexico uh, to fill their TV commitments. Uh, but their usual like huge Friday shows are off. Uh, Bandito is still dealing with a bad bout of COVID, and he was uh, uh, part. I don't know. He was a big part of C- what CMLL was doing as well as ROH. Um, and uh, AAA is also facing the exact same thing. Uh, they were avoiding their Triple Mania show, which is usually a huge show in Mexico. Uh, they wanted live fans, but since that's looking like it's not happening, uh, they're reportedly wanting to figure something out for Triple Mania 2020. They don't want to miss a year of it. Um, so they're op- more open to the idea of an empty arena show. Uh, Meltzer had mentioned something about he doesn't know why they don't do uh, the drive-in shows because that's something they've been doing a lot here lately uh, where people just drive up in their cars, that sort of thing. Um I had some for Dark Side of the Ring. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, I'll throw this in there just so we can do it. We can dwell on this, and I'll give you each a go if you want to say anything. Uh, but uh, supposedly, in NWA-related news, uh, we don't have any details, so we can't tell you. Uh, but uh, NWA vi- uh, former vice president David Legata. Uh, has sent legal letters to two reporters uh, reporting on the um, issues of the, uh, the the reasons he stepped down, essentially, just basically claiming defamation. Um, Liz Savage, who was the woman who claimed that initially, has even stated her tweet literally says, I want to let you guys know, Dave Lagana has sent at least two journalists uh, demand letters, which are trying to extort a settlement from these guys or be sued. Info is I'm able to release it. Uh, but yeah, uh, apparently he is sending something out claiming definite defamation unless they recant the stories uh, or there's going to be a lawsuit involved. Uh, so that is a thing that's happening. Uh, I don't know if you guys have anything you want to add to that, but that's I just figure we're obligated to mention I mean, it at least. I mean, same thing we've said from the beginning. I mean, not that we can any of us can really know the truth, but um, if, if he's got a leg to stand on, I hope, I hope he gets some of that reputation back, but we'll see. 
Yep. Um, Rob, did you have anything you wanted to add? Yeah, same thing. I mean, you know, uh, Lagana was a, a valuable part of the NWA. His creative direction can't be questioned, and uh, everybody deserves to be heard. I mean, you don't just, you know, the the accuser, the the accused especially have have a have a, a you know deserve to be heard. And so I hope that he can be heard. And if he's, if he's uh, to be vindicated, then I hope it happens. And uh, it'd be great to have him back a part of the team, you know, if, if that bears out. So. All right. Well, here's what I'm going to do since we all got, got a little bit of time left. I'm going to run through and yell out, not yell. I will <laughs> as yell as much as I am now. I'm going to just briefly tell you every headline that I had left on this list of things. You guys know I had a shit ton of stuff for this week. Um, but I'm going to say it all and then we could discuss whatever Will and Rob want to talk about or the chat wants to talk about. Does that seem fair as we go into the last little bit of our show? Elena Black uh, is, uh, she had a tryout this week with AEW. So, you know, there's that. Um, Cena, John Cena is currently quarantining in Canada uh, because he's uh, getting ready to start on HBO Max TV series. directed by Suicide Squad, uh, based on the Suicide Squad. It's a spinoff. James Gunn directing it. Uh, it's uh, He's played a character called Peacemaker in the new movie. So John Cena, further and further away from wrestling. Uh, in an interview with Access Hollywood, the Bella Twins teased to return to the ring to go after the tag team titles. Uh, this is what... Uh, Let's see, this was uh, Bree said, this is what's hard for Nikki and I. When we left, all of a sudden, the women's tag titles came, and we're like, wait a second, that's for the Bella Twins. We've been dying to have tag titles. Uh, And so we feel like we have one more run in us, and we really want to go for those. So the Bella Twins thinking about coming back. Uh, WWE announced the tribute for the troops, which will air on Fox on December the 6th, in conjunction with NFL broadcast. It will air directly after the NFL game in markets with a 1 p.m. game. And given the ratings of Sunday NFL, just from that, uh, this is according to Meltzer, uh, just from being in that time slot, they'll probably get the biggest numbers for any wrestling show in a long time. This past Sunday, the NFL games on Fox averaged 15,736,000 viewers. And for a one-hour show that follows a number like that, it could be the most viewers WWE will see perhaps ever again. So uh, just an interesting point from Meltzer there. Uh, Cody Rhodes said he's looking at wrestling five more years until the age of 40 and then run for Senate in the state of Georgia. Rob, Senator, <laughs> Mr. Senator American Nightmare, coming to your <laughs> locale. Uh, it will... Uh, let's see here. So his exact quote is for the next five years, I want to wrestle at the absolute highest level. I can wrestle, be part of the building of new stars, but I'm not going to apologize. If my run continues at its rate, I'm going to ride the lightning bolt until I can't anymore, but he has political aspirations. Apparently probably, I know you got something to say about that. I, I hope he's a Republican, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me say, I hope, he's, I hope he's a fiscal conservative. Let me say that. There you go. Um, and then uh, let's see here. Uh, Tony Khan talked to TSN about a number of things, but the big one here was uh, he did uh, capitalize more on the New Japan talk. Uh, he said, quote, 
I'd like to see more of a two-sided relationship there because I'm honestly one of the easiest people to work with in wrestling. We've worked with NWA. We've worked with AAA. We've sent people to New Japan. I think with Harold being gone, I don't know if it's going to be easier, but I have a feeling it might be. It's funny because the people at New Japan who are rest, who are wrestling people want the relationship as well. But in Japan, it's been hard for some to get through the bad feelings of working with someone who took so much talent. But at the same time, they can have access to that talent for their big offense once the pandemic is over if they make a deal. And most of this, those guys weren't even working full tours anyway. So so like Tony Khan saying, like, we've sent people there. We've made deals with other companies. We could make a deal with New Japan. I'd love to see them try to offer something for that sort of arrangement. So that seems to be where Tony Khan's at on the uh, discussion for New Japan. Um, also, AEW announced its AEW Games division on their YouTube event on November 10th. I don't know if you guys saw that, but it featured uh, Kenny Omega and literally like everybody else in the elite dressed as uh, Steve Jobs. It had uh, just kind of interesting, but they've, uh, they're have they making a game. It's going to be interesting, this one, just because we've seen how popular AEW seems to be with the younger crowd. I think it's going to be interesting to see how that pays off in the video game world. So we'll see. Uh, just a idea there. Um, and, uh, ROH, they're still out there, folks. Uh, they're, uh, they're saying something, uh, on November 16th. So that's tomorrow. They're going to be announcing the date for final battle. That's going to be their next thing. And all TV that they're starting to produce is going to be put it, put out and building towards that. Uh, and, uh, that's going to be, uh, live, they're planning for Final Battle to be a live event. It'll be the first live broadcast they've had since the pandemic hit, uh, and it'll be available on pay-per-view and Honor Club. Uh, and uh, they re-signed Rush, I think is the latest stuff they did. It looked like WWE offered him some stuff, MLW offered him some stuff, but ROH uh, sealed him down. So that's uh, add him on the list of people ROH is uh, forking over money for, finally. Um I said rush. It's it's Roosh. Roosh. Yes. Um, Tom Lawler recently tested positive for COVID. He was asymptomatic. And uh, but that's MLW news. Uh, uh, TJP showed up at the last tapings for uh, MLW. And uh, one of the matches that are getting taped now is the big lead up to uh, Jacob Fatu versus Davy Boy Smith Jr. for the MLW title. That was going to headline a pay-per-view before all of this crap happened. Um, the expectation there is that Jacob Fatu is going to get the win here because Davy Boy Smith Jr. still is not re-signed with MLW, supposedly. So who knows? He's popping up on UWNs and he's interested in that title. And, you know, what's Davy Boy Smith Jr. going to do? We don't know. Uh, Kevin Von Erich's over there, though, taping stuff. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, I mentioned earlier that we had some Europe stuff and it was basically just to say, you know, somebody mentioned NXT UK European wrestling is apparently suffering right now. Um, they're having a hard time. Um, they can't draw any significant number of fans. Uh, the WWE is like bought up most of the talent over there. Uh, you know, not to sit over here and, uh, continuously pile on WWE, but they just don't have the same amount of talent they usually have. And, uh, so, 
they're just i don't know it's just difficult to book shows over there apparently uh melissa coates 49 the former bodybuilding star went into wrestling in his best known as the genie in sabu's act had her left leg amputated from the knee down. She was experiencing excruciating pain and rushed to University Medical Center in Las Vegas, uh, had several arterial blockages in the leg. After several surgeries, the blockages instead spread and became life-threatening, and they had to amputate the leg to save her life. That is a no... That's no good for anybody. That's a terrible situation. So she does, uh, if you look it up, she has a GoFundMe account right now. You can uh, contribute to if you choose to. And uh, Lionel Green, better known as Leo Rush, will be a part of MTV's show The Challenge in season 36. It'll be on Wednesday nights, head-to-head with NXT and AEW. Uh, Currently, that show draws bigger numbers than any wrestling show does. So uh, Leo Rush, let me put himself out there. Wasn't a Roman Reigns on the uh, e- MTV EMA Awards or something here recently? Or maybe it's coming up. It's possible. Uh, I, you so, know, I don't know. Yeah, somebody can't comment if that's the case. I thought I saw or Tanya might have told me that he was doing something with MTV. So, Well, I can't think of a better way to get to this than now. Thunder Rosa was on Busted Open Radio. And... Uh, well, you know, we're fans of Thunder Rosa somewhat in that we talk about her consistently. Uh, uh, she said, quote, if anybody's been wondering about her future, she said, because of all the projects I have on the side, it has to be a place where I'm able to continue to work with what I am working on. As you guys know, I run and I'm part owner owner of Mission Pro Wrestling. It's an all-women's show, and I'm not talking about the in-ring. Everybody that runs stuff is women, and there's so much stuff that I'm working on with other projects that I have with this to make it bigger. So if I'm able to do it with the... Do it in NWA, then NWA. If I'm able to do it in AEW, probably. But not, now knowing what WWE is doing and things that we have on the side, it's going to be very difficult for me on my personal projects. And sometimes those personal projects are the things that bring you the most joy in life. And I don't want that joy to be taken away from me for money. If that's what I have to sacrifice sometimes, then I'd rather be happy than be enslaved somewhere where I'm going to be there for like, I don't know how long. Those in AEW have noted they'd like to use her more and said, this is from Meltzer, sorry. Those in AEW have noted that they'd like to use her more and they said they didn't think she had interest in WWE right now. Regarding after her deal deal is up, she said, I have another year with NWA and when it's my time, it's going to be my time. And when my time comes, man, I'm not going to come as just another person on the roster. Mark my words. I'm coming for everything. I'm coming to be on top, just like I did this first time. My value is going to be bigger because I'm going to be a better wrestler. I'm going to cut I'm going to cut better promos. My body's going to look chiseled. I'm going to have a better record as a fighter. I'm going to be like, this is what I offer. What do you have to offer me? And so, I mean, what more could you ask? Right? Yep. <clears throat> That's a girl. That's Thunder Rosa. I mean, that's what you got to do. And uh, hope we're going to obviously hope that the right people are offering the right amount of money. But she's 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 earned it. She's a prize fighter, man. She's a prize fighter. And that's that's how prize fighters talk. And, um, you know, when you were mentioning all her side projects, what I heard when she said that my translation was 
I have to be able to appear on This Is The NWA podcast with Gary Horn Robinson and Will Martin. So I can't go somewhere that's going to restrict my my pod, my third party appearances. Right, um, right. But that's just how I heard it. But no, I mean, she's again, she's a prize fighter, spoken like a true champion. Um, and she's exactly right. I don't think anybody's doubting what she said. She's going to she's going to go where she can reach her full potential and um, we're, we're going to have a front row seat, front row shout out. We're going to have a front row seat uh, for that. So I'm excited about it. I, you know, I think she carries herself like a champion and this is just another example of her, her going out there and, and keep continuing to put herself over. I love, I love that family. I love, uh, Thunder Rosa and Brian Rosa. I mean, I, I feel like Brian Rosa is a good friend and my brother and Thunder Rosa is just a comrade and I respect her like crazy because it's not all about money for her. Like she says, she ha- she Mission Pro is her mission. She's also involved in the community. She is a true fighter statesman champion uh, in every aspect. I mean, this is a legit, she is real. She is, if there's anybody out there that's real, it's her. And, uh, so I nothing but respect for them. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, she's, she's not going to be Thunder Rosa. I mean, and I had a chance to have this conversation with her and I know Ryan Romano was there too uh, at tournament out of hell, you know, just, just a few minutes. Cause she's so, she's so busy and she's, she's an active uh, manager and worker and she's just come all the time hustling. But I had a chance to talk to her and Brian at the very end as we were leaving. I was like, you know, I just want you to know, uh, Thunder Rosa, no matter what happens in the future, you are, uh, you know, you're the biggest name in the world. There are a lot of big names out there. John Moxley's pretty big. You know, you've got Roman Reigns and stuff. They're all big. But Thunder Rosa, you are the biggest in the world. And you dictate your own terms. Don't ever let somebody sell you short of anything. And she didn't, I don't, you know, she didn't have to listen to me and not, you know, but but what I'm saying is true. I mean, she really is. And, uh, and I think what she's saying is spot on that when her time comes, I hope it personally, I hope it's to stay with the NWA, but it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm going to be a Thunder Rosa fan forever. I'm going to support mission pro forever because I believe in her. I believe in a mission there that they're doing. And I believe that she's good. She's got a good heart. It's, it's whether I don't care if she turns into the worst heel ever. This woman loves, um, she loves this country. She loves this business. She loves her community. Uh, she's a, a servant leader. And uh, as an educator and as a father, those are the, all the characteristics that appeal to me as a person. And so, you know, I, I, I walked up there. One of the one of the benefits of being a VIP is uh, is you get to walk in there and get your picture made with the, all the girls in the ring. And uh, as I walked out, I was like, hey, Thunder, you know, and then she just leaned over and said in her ear, I said, you know, Lamar Mara till I die. And she's like, that's what's up. And, and I believe that she, these are, these are fine people. I'm not just saying it because Brian Rose is in the chat. I don't have to, you know, but I will say it. He's a great guy. I love him. And I love her. And they are uh, one of the true bright spots in pro wrestling during this very, very dark time uh, that 2020 has been maybe the brightest spot. Yeah, I don't want to. I, I don't want to speak out of turn. Uh, so hopefully she wouldn't even mind me saying this, but like I, I literally this week had a conversation with a girl. Uh, I just happen to know who's a part of like the TEDx type stuff, and uh, in like a regional thing for TEDx, they're doing uh, a women's empowerment seminar, and 
one of the theme of it is like WWE or something. They're doing like wine, women empowerment or something along those lines, but they're, they're having like a wrestling type theme. And, and the girl hit me up. She was like, I know that you do wrestling stuff. Like, do you happen to know, like we're trying to do like women empowerment, like special women and like women that influence and inspire and that sort of thing. Uh, she was like, so anyway, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I was just curious. Like, since you do the wrestling thing, I was like, hold on. Are you going to ask me if I know a woman? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, I 100% do already. I know exactly who that woman is. And it's, it's Thunder Rosa. Like you've got to get like you, you owe it to yourselves to get her on there. Every, every bit of her story deserves to be told on as many platforms to as many different audiences as you can. She is the real deal. And she, you know, she proves, I mean, even in wrestling or in everywhere else that you don't need the big uh, machine behind you or any of that, that you can make stuff happen. And her determination, I mean, like, I mean, it, 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 it reaches beyond any sort of borders, uh, male and female uh, nationality or anywhere else. Like, it's just, it's, it's this, I mean, she inspires me. That's what I told the girl. I was like, this, this lady inspires me. I was like, you need her. If you want an empowered, inspiring woman, I I know exactly who it is. So I got her in touch with Thunder Rosa. And that's uh but hopefully that works out and you'll you'll get to see Thunder Rosa speak for, for TEDx. But uh anyway, just uh that that's that's the kind of stuff we're talking about. Gary, can I say one more thing uh real quick uh, um about Thunder Rosa and we know that famous article uh, in PWI that came out a few months ago, page 60, that issue, it said obsessed with greatness or obsessed with excellence. I can't remember, but it's got her holding the Burke. Fantastic. Iconic. I'm, I love it. I got a couple of them where I think we all have copies of them. I'm going to get mine framed and matter and all this, but I want to draw your attention to this issue that I, throwed up early, that I threw up earlier, the current issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. It just came out on newsstands, but this is an important issue because not only because it's got the, uh, the uh, women's top 100, but this is the issue where we vote for the uh, year superlatives. And if you go to page um, 64 of this, there is a category called Inspirational Wrestler of the Year. And uh, if you notice, it lists the top candidates, and Thunder Rosa is mentioned. And I would love if the hashtag NWA fam could rally together and get this award for Thunder Rosa because. She is the most inspirational wrestler of the year. I mean, we have to make this a movement, man. If we can cut this up, Gary, into micro content and push this out, hashtag Thunder Rosa, inspirational wrestler of the year. We got to make this happen, guys. She needs this award. She deserves this award. If we can rally any kind of support or public opinion, this is the time. This is the, 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 the rallying cry. This is the battle call. Let's get this award for Thunder Rosa because she deserves it. Inspirational wrestler of the year. That's up for like grabs right now. It is. If you and there's a ballot in this issue. I don't know that you have to buy this or send this in. I think you can mail it in too. You can uh, vote it in. But there's a ballot on page. Uh, it's like on page. Let's see. It's on page 66 for you to vote all the categories. And she is one of the. She, her name is listed as one of the finalists. For this particular distinction, inspirational of the year, uh, Chad Gaspar, Jay Uso, Mustafa Ali, the Speaking Out Movement, Nyla Rose, Thunder Rosa, Willie Mack, Warhorse, Tessa Blanchard, and Drake Maverick. And 
there there are some very deserving names there, but none more deserving, none more deserving than Thunder Rosa. You gonna make me go off an octave on this? All right, <laughs> she award. Did it. <laughs> so let's get this for her, guys. Rally it, cut this up. You know, rip this video, post it. Let's get this award for Thunder Rosa. I'm challenging all of us. Mobilize the base. Let's get this award for her. She deserves it. Hell yeah. Thunder Rosa is the most inspiring wrestler in the business. We know that for a fact. Um, everything about her is is just makes you want to be a better person. God bless you, Thunder Rosa. <laughs> there it is. There it is. All right, guys. We're, uh, we're getting ready to wrap this thing up. Uh, if there's something else you want to talk about, now's the time to bring it up. Rob, Will, do you have any other stuff you want to talk about before we uh, kill this thing? Or uh, chat room, now's the time to throw it in there. I don't, I don't think so. It's a good talk, man. I, I enjoyed tonight, man. This is a lot of fun. Ugh. Tried to have enough news to keep uh, three hours worth of show going. I mean, to be fair, it's, it's almost 11, but uh, we still have like... 10 minutes for it to be three hours total. Will's like, just let me go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, I guess on that note, we'll go ahead and wrap this thing up and close her out. Uh, Rob? Well, no. Rob, you're you you have to think about these things. Will, where can people find you (laughs) if they they need to? Oh, man. Uh, I wasn't prepared for this. Um, At Hey It's Will. Uh, on all the socials except for TikTok, where I'm at heyitswill.com. Um, and yeah, as I mentioned earlier, check out heyitswill.com if you want to see what I'm up to these days. Um, but yeah, over to you, Rob. You can find me on all social media platforms at this is Dr. Spencer. Nope. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's never it. That's never it. Well, I'll also tell you that where you can't find me at is on the Manscaped website. Um, although Ooh. although I do own a Manscaped and use one. Well, you know, not everybody wants to be like Dr. Rob. You can go to manscaped.com and use the promo code NWAPOD and get 20% off and free shipping. Uh, we're so casual about this now, but it's just... Uh, whew. You can shave your nuts with it. <laughs> and that and that Casual. is the ultimate okay. commercial for it. Did you just pull out Doritos out of nowhere? <laughs> like, what <are> you, <laughs> you got a fun size Doritos? How do you say it's so skinny and like you have been steady eating? Like, I'm, have- I'm getting to making them gains. I run every day, run every morning, six miles at least every morning. You know, I'm active. No. You can be baltastic in no time. <laughs> That's not related to your Doritos. Ryan, you didn't get crazy, buddy. You helped us out. You helped guide the show along and just went ahead and threw it up so I didn't have to search my notes for the Mission Pro uh, matches. Let's get there. Brian wanted them then, so we delivered. Anyway, I bet this is Gary Horn. On all the things, the show is at the NWA pod. See? There it is. Don't forget the online store at nwafam.com where you can get cool hoodies and masks and all kinds of stuff that will design and they're beautiful beautiful 
And uh, I guess that's it. We will be here Tuesday night, right after UWN Primetime Live. And I can guarantee you we're going to be talking about that. I imagine, I, I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I imagine that we'll also be referencing the AEW dark match between Lindsay Snow and Thunder Rosa, since that seems valid for what our show does. And uh, so make sure you tune in if you're not already uh Following UWN Primetime Live, you can jump right on that with uh, Fight TV. You can buy the the package deal, or you can just buy like individual shows. It's a really good price. It's a very good deal, and uh, we'll uh, we'll work our ass off. I'll, I'll try to make sure all day tomorrow. I make sure that that Todd Kennelly interview goes live at six oh five tomorrow, and uh, so you guys can check that out. I promise you, it's going to be worth your time. So uh, maybe we'll set it as a premiere so you can be a part of it we'll all chat during it and uh i guess that's it so until next week enjoy your gravy cake